the fucking intro. Dustin. And this is Eric. And this is SLC Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another one. Yes, episode 292. 292. Still in a room without a view. <laughs> uh, Eric will be in studio here in just a second. We're getting rolling uh, on this episode. A lot of cool stuff. Uh, obviously, a lot of great tracks. That's what we do. But we do have an interview with Stu Folsom of Spirit World. We're looking forward to playing more Spirit World off of Death Western and getting to talk to Stu about all the cool shit that he does with Spirit World. You'll have to tune in here in a little bit, but we'll be playing some more tracks off oh, of yeah. Death Western, which oh, uh, boy. it's awesome. Just came out this past week. Yeah. And yeah. I've been a, you will hear in a, converse, a conversation we have with uh, Stu, it's more than just a band. It's a fucking enterprise. Right? It's, uh, it's, there, there's concepts for each thing, but every, like a lot of it's an overarching concept, and then there's, there's a lot going on there, and it's all cool. If you haven't checked some of that out, uh, you need to. And I definitely recommend going and checking out the pre-pagan, the pre-pagan rhythms yeah. stuff as well, as we will also talk oh, yeah. about that. So, it's like if you if you haven't checked out Spirit World, Spirit World yet, you're about to. <laughs> yes, you are. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about it, so it'll give you an idea of what more there is to check out. Let's get into the show. We'll all run down a list of some new stuff that has come out and will be coming out. We'll start on the uh, the 20th. Yes, yes, as today that this is coming out is the 30th. So, on November 20th, a Mood app. Release the daily mental health routine, Little Willie Records. There's something for every day of the week. You'll have to go check it out over on Little Willie Records, but it's cool. It's worth the worth a listen. The Raging Nathan's album, Still Spitting Blood, came out. It's on a Rad Girlfriend Records. We played two, maybe three of the singles as they were getting released early. That was one where all the singles had their own individual uh, album art to go along with it, and the, they were releasing tracks like every two weeks prior to. So. Uh, it's all out. You can all, you can check all of it out now. Then, "Damned by the Night" released. "Resurrection is Upon Us." It's a single that came out on Americant Records. We played that last week. That's good stuff. Uh, yes, Oil. It was. Yes, it was. Oil. They released "The Honor of Glory" on the twenty-first. The Uppers. They released "Stimulation," which is a single, and that came out on the twenty-first. Egos at the door. Uh, they released Jail Time. It's a single. Yeah, a lot of singles come out, what, which usually means the singles are coming out before other releases. I don't always know that, which the name of the release is. But if I'm mentioning somebody that's releasing a single, you should wait because uh, there might be more to follow shortly thereafter. So Eagles at the Door on Lockjaw Records released Jail Time, the single. The Highs, they released Hey Ho, Go Johnny Go on Squid Hat Records. I think think that was a single i forget but go over to squid hat records and check it out i believe they are from japan that's good stuff there grass mud horse released a new single called pissed it all away finnegan's hell they released uh one finger salute another band that uh we played several of the singles off of before the release came out but that came out on the 25th bort's released preach this on lockjaw records spirit world we're going to be playing more of that death western 
uh, was released this past week, and we played a track, the first single released, and now we're going to be playing some more on this yeah. episode as it we just came out. We played uh, Moonlit Torture when it was uh, released as a single. Absolutely. Now we got more songs. <laughs> a couple other singles were released, videos to go along with it, speaking of concepts and uh, good visual representations of what you get in those songs. We're going to talk more about that in the interview, but I recommend going and checking out those uh, videos to go along with those three early released singles. Next, Oh Hamsters, they released from Green Hills to Raging Sea on the 25th. Ben Out of Shape released Old Rats on a New Ship. Uh, God, that's like some similarities there. You got rats on ships and oh hamsters on raging seas. I don't know. That's a coincidence, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, we'll be talking more about certain rats later on in this episode. Yes, we will. And next, uh, Boot Licker. They released "Lick the Boot, Lose Your Teeth." That is all their EPs combined on one release. That's on Static Shock Records. Chrome released Alien Soundtracks on Cleopatra Records on the 25th. Bury Me released The Woods on Punk and Disorderly Records on the 25th. Decline, we're going to be talking more about that here momentarily, released Broken, the EP, on the 25th. Ammo released Web of Lies and Death Won't Satisfy. That's two songs on Static Shock Records. Bamboo Vipers released Runt of the Litter. I definitely got to play that on the next episode. Love Bamboo Vipers. On the first, Lenny Lashley's Gang of One is releasing Five Great Egrets. Uh, Fox's Fox, Fox's F-A-U-X, Fox's Foe, Fox's Fox, whatever. They released Penny Arcade and Burn the Witch. Those are two singles there on One Step Outside Records. The Abrupters released Noticeably Cheerless on Asian Man Records, or they will be on the second. White Lung is releasing A Premonition on the second. No Effects is releasing Double Album on the second. The Roadblocks are releasing Welcome to Paradise on the second. Uh, I'll be playing that on the next episode as well. D Cracks and The Manges are releasing a split EP on the second. The Slow Death is releasing See You in the Streets with uh, Can You Live Inside Your Mind on Rad Girlfriend Records on the 2nd. Public Acid is releasing Easy Weapons, a reprint from 2018 on La Vida Es Un Disco is on the 2nd. And finally, Blank Generation is releasing The End. We'll talk more about them in a minute. And Terminal City Rats, I'm going to mention them. Uh, pull the pin on the 6th. We'll be playing them on an upcoming episode as well. As you notice, a lot of December 2nd releases. Next week, I'll be mentioning several more, I'm sure, because December 2nd this week is... Bandcamp Friday, the last Bandcamp Friday of the year, and the last Bandcamp Friday prior to uh, Christmas. So if you want to get a gift for somebody, well, what better day to buy it from the bands on Bandcamp than on that date? So December 2nd, get to it, put a, start throwing the stuff in your cart, and then buy it all that day. The bands will be releasing, I'm sure, uh, varieties of merch and LPs and whatever else, get it that day. They get more of the money. Eric, I'm not sure if you're in a yeah, position folks, to add. Start. Well, I was just going to say, start updating your list, people. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I've already got my list going for this weekend uh, or this Friday. Uh, do you have anything? I'm not sure if you're in a great position, but do you have anything new to add to that list before we get into your track, which is one that I mentioned here? Uh, actually, yes, I do have a few things to add. I finally got to listen to that uh, new Rejection Pact album, and yeah, it's pretty good. It's got a lot of uh, uh, comeback kid vibes to it. Cool. So, uh, so yeah, Rejection Pact. I will uh, 
talk a bit more about that record. There are one and there are like one or two songs that I really enjoy. Oh yeah, Dirty Nil on the 18th released uh, Bye Bye Big Bear. Uh, on the 20th, this band Time X Heist released the uh, Odds Against Tomorrow. And yes, the first, uh, Damn by Night, Resurrection is Upon Us, 25th, Spirit World, Death Western, Decline, Broken EP. Talking about more of those guys in just a minute. And on the 25th, Phantoms released uh, Hell is Empty. And also, one that was just released today, just barely, the 28th, Metallica released their surprise single from their upcoming album. Yeah, the I just read something. Yeah, Lux Eterna. Well, if you're a Metallica yeah. fan, there you go. New stuff on the horizon. It won't be until like uh, uh, March. I think that's when it's going to be released. And uh, Badmouth is going to actually be releasing their uh, their EP, the self-titled EP, on the 2nd. I thought that the show I went to a couple weeks ago was their EP release show, but turns out I was wrong. It's actually delayed by just a couple of weeks. Awesome. We are about to get into Eric's track. Eric is able to join now in the studio, so let's get into uh, talking about your track there. Eric, what do, you, what do you have for us? One of the bands, yes, as aforementioned, that I will be uh, talking about is the band Decline. Yeah, I was a little... Uh, I remember uh, expressing some confusion with their uh, single that was called Broken, but the song that was... Uh, the song that was on that single was, I can't remember the actual name of it, but it was not titled Broken. <laughs> <laughs> but come to find out that Broken was the name of their EP, which was released just uh, back on uh, just back on Friday. And what song should I have to choose from these uh, from the eight songs that were released? Well, I had to go with Thoughts and Prayers. Yes. Decline, I have received your thoughts and prayers, and we are going to be playing them right here. If anything, it was the heaviest song. It had some of the tastiest riffs, and it just had some of the most, uh, just the rapid-fire vocals. I loved it. It just has a, lot of, uh, it has a lot of aggression behind it. So, yeah, that's what I got to say about uh, Decline, one of uh, New Age Records' greatest, and uh, latest and greatest, I will say. A lot of, there's a lot of great bands on New Age. And a lot of straight edge. These guys are straight edge. How do I know? They have a song about it. <laughs> Not just uh, being straight edge, but also just being vegan. So I'm like, ah, uh, okay. You have, uh, you have fulfilled your uh, commitment to the contract. So we are fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But enough of that. Let's listen to Decline Thoughts and Prayers.
Oh yeah, it's got that same rabid youth crew energy vibe, and it's just it's just upgraded to the times right now. Definitely got some. Uh, there's another band that kind of has that same uh, comeback kid edge. It's just a uh, just the way it sounds. At least sonically, it doesn't sound the same like uh, the guitars and the vocal uh, uh, the vocal tone doesn't sound doesn't sound the same. But the way it's coming across. Those gang-chanting vocals, it just screams comeback kid to me. I, can't, I don't exactly know why. I can't explain it, but that's just what I'm hearing. And if anything, that's what I'm hearing is awesome. Right? If that's a testament to uh, both bands, they kind of complement each other. <laughs> that's awesome. So, yeah, there you are. That is Decline, their newest EP. Well, actually, it's uh, their only EP, Broken. And, yeah, kind of a... It's kind of an oxymoron in and of itself because this thing is very well put together. <laughs> there you go. There's my uh, one pun of the night. I can't guarantee that I will uh, stick to that. But <laughs> what I can guarantee is that more awesome music is coming. And Dustin's going to continue it. Yes. Uh, next up, we're going to play a band from Russia. Uh, awesome band. I want to thank uh, Vitaly. Uh, Safarov, hopefully I got that right, Vitaly. Uh, awesome, good stuff. I appreciate you sharing with us. There's uh, Blank Generation is releasing their album, The End, which is coming out December 5th. So it won't quite be here for Bandcamp Friday, but I believe they have some other stuff on their Bandcamp page. So you should definitely go check it out once you get to hear this stuff. Uh, I'll probably end up playing more of this over on Punkanoi Worldwide when we get to those uh, episodes, but awesome stuff. December 5th, this is early release that you get to check it out. They're from Samara in Russia, and again, The End is the name of the album. Uh, they don't have social medias that we usually announce here, like Facebook and Insta or Instagram. I, not that I found anyway. If they do, uh, I will definitely post them in the posts that we usually do for the show, but as with uh, all the bands in Russia, they always have the, I think it's kind of a social media of sorts, uh, VK.com. I always announce the bands uh, when they're Russian bands. Go to VK.com. You can connect there. If you have Google, it'll probably translate whatever the page is for you. So you will be able to read it even uh, if it uh, originally is in Russian. It'll translate. So let's get into some music off of the end. Uh, it's the title track of the band name, not... The end, it's called Blank Generation. So here we go <laughs> with some Blank Generation. Oh, on the album, by the way, they have like, there's approximately about half the tracks in English and about half the tracks in Russian, uh, at least by title. I was able to get uh, through about half of it before uh, I, I haven't had a chance to get through the rest. So hmm. let's do it. Here is Blank Generation from Blank Generation. Stop! 
Yeah. Nice. Right? That's the killer street punk coming at us from Russia there. Yeah, not as intense as the street punk I'm used to, but it, it still works. Right? Uh, I like it a lot. Uh, definitely favorite song that I listened to out of the first few. I need to get some more time in and check out the rest, which I recommend you do on December 5th when the end comes out. Check them out, Blank Generation. Get over to the Bandcamp page. Go check them out on vk.com. Uh, cool stuff. Next up, we're going to play the band Brigada Vendetta. I want to thank Daryl for sending over that EP. Uh, it's awesome. You can go find the vinyl version over on Robba Bank Records, based out of North California, as you know, like Bay Area. That's where Daryl be from. Uh, you, you would know Daryl from Harrington Saints and you know, oh yeah, Suede Razors, two fantastic bands. Well, Brigada Vendetta is also a great band, a new band. Uh, awesome stuff. They released their self-titled EP on November 8th. So it's out there. You can go check it out. There's four tracks. I recommend getting the vinyl. You get a little lyric sheet, and you can uh, follow along with it. Uh, I, it's awesome. Uh, I had a hard time picking out of the four tracks to pick one. So we're going to listen to When the World's on Fire. It might already be on fire, people, but When the World's on Fire. <laughs> well, the, the Pennsylvania furnace. It's been burning for 25 years, <laughs> and uh, that shit ain't going out, unfortunately. Well, let's check out new stuff from Brigada Vendetta off the self-titled uh, When the World's on Fire. Here we go. Think of that. I think uh, just get some dowsing powder. <laughs> <laughs> is it some fluids or something? I don't know. Get all the fire extinguishers in the world and just throw it on the fire. Right. <laughs> Send those things flying out like missiles. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. Uh, it was the shortest track, but I dig it. I like the energy. Uh, I like what, what's got going on. If you, I've heard. Uh, Harrington Saints or Suede Razors. I'm sure you recognize Daryl's voice. Daryl's doing vocals and bass for Brigada Vendetta. Uh, Mike is doing guitars, backing vocals, and Forrest on drums. Go check them out. Go check out that EP. And like I said, over on Robba Bank Records, you could also pick up some Harrington Saints stuff there if you want to get some Harrington Saints stuff as well. Uh, it's good stuff. Go check them out. 
Well, I got me the Thousand Pounds of Oi LP, and that is still such a that is such a classic. What a record to go out on, right? I mean, it sucks that they had to go out in general, but at least we have that little uh, that little trinket of their past. But it's good to know he's uh, still doing stuff, <laughs> right? And that's the thing is when bands break up, you you can appreciate all the stuff they did do. There could be a possibility they get back together in the future, but the important parts are they. A lot of them, anyway, push on, and you get new projects that are maybe similar but different. I mean, the similarity, you get to hear yeah. Daryl's voice some more. But uh, this project, as you can tell by sound, it is a little bit different than what you're going to get with the Harrington Saints. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is true. Because if you're getting the same sound, it always begs the question, why did you break up in the first place? Right. Idiots. <laughs> but that's not the case here. It's great stuff. Uh, we're going to get on from the new stuff. Uh, a lot of great new stuff. I'm going to, the, the band I'm going to play here in a moment for the older, lesser known stuff is definitely some new stuff still, but I think they fit in this category. Eric, on the other hand, he definitely picks some older. And I mean, I'm familiar with Mike V, but not specifically Mike V and the Rats. Yeah, that's true. 20 years ago, this band started. And yeah, there was a time, there was a time when Mike V was doing musical stuff prior to becoming one of uh, Greg Ginn's little uh, puppets. <laughs> oh, God. But we all know how I feel about that. But let me tell you how I feel about one of the OG bands that he was in, The Rats. Or yeah, Mike V and The Rats. I think he just put his name in front of there just to get like all the... All the views. <laughs> it's like everyone knows Mike V. You think of a band called The Rats, eh, no one's going to bat an eye at it. And still, nobody right. really batted an eye at it. But it caught my attention. Why? Because it was in the uh, Tony Hawk Underground 2 soundtrack. And that was the Tony Hawk game I played the most. It was the only game that, the only Tony Hawk game that I not rented owned. I owned that, so I played it a ton and listened to the music a ton. And that, that LP, that LP, that soundtrack, that game got me introduced to the likes of The Casualties and Lamb of God and Rancid and Mike V and the Rats. That was a bit of a, un, an undercut, a deep cut from that. And the Rats, they were still uh, pretty active at the time of that game's release. I think it was like 06, 07, somewhere around that time. I remember it came out when I was in middle school. So yeah, it would be around there. And the Rats, they're not active anymore. At least I don't think they are. They haven't been active since... I mean, they haven't released anything since like maybe 10 or 15 years ago. I can't remember. I was just looking them up on the, on the Apple Music today. Really to just sort of uh, find their EP. The, <clears throat> the self-titled EP, as it were. Because I wanted to play the song Never Give Up. That was the song that stuck with me the most out of all the songs that, out of all the songs from that Tony Hawk soundtrack of bands that I have heard of but not listened to. So, yeah, here is Mike V and the Rats. Never give in, never, never give up. Never give 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can uh, see why that song uh, really stuck with me. Because <laughs> that was the first time I heard a hardcore punk song with that uh, sloganeering in it. And I learned that that was, kind of a, that was kind of a thing that bands did, especially in that time. Especially right. with uh, a lot of those uh, old school 90s hardcore bands. <laughs> oh, God. Just like, and it's just always like, representing. Youth crew, straight edge, vegan power, motherfucker, that shit. <laughs> and that stuck with me because even as like a little uh, impressionable 12-year-old boy, I got what he was saying. I'm just like, yeah, he's talking, he's calling out all those like little suburban white boy wannabe gangster rappers who are like putting together beats in their mama's basements <laughs> in a three-story <laughs> house. I'm just like, you, you guys aren't gangster. You love the idea of being gangster. You love it. That's why you're wearing those uh, fitted caps tilted slightly to the side. You're wearing some uh, what you presume is gold chains, but you really want it out of Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and you're wearing pants that are uh, three sizes too big because you stole them from your older brother. <laughs> right. Yep. I know you're kind. So, yeah, but he's going, there goes your puffy jacket. There goes your bling bling. <laughs> and, of course, this was in 2002, and bling rap was becoming a thing. I'm talking all your 50 Cent, your 3-6 Mafia, your uh, uh, your uh, Lil Wayne. They were sporting so many chains, so many rings, so many bedazzled sunglasses. It was off the gold chain. <laughs> uh, like I told you, I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna permit myself to just one pun. <laughs> so so yeah, it didn't sit well with a uh, with a lot of people because that shit was getting really overrun. And, of course, it didn't appeal to me as uh, myself being a young little suburban boy. I was like, no, I just look terrible with that. And I don't like rap music anyway. <laughs> because back then, you know, if you were a metalhead, anything that was not distorted guitars, heavy riffs, and just guttural vocals was, on principle, shitty music. And that definitely included rap. Although, me and my best friend, we were kind of, we were kind of closeted hip-hop fans, listening to Beastie Boys and Eminem and, uh, and Biggie Smalls, although we wouldn't dare admit that in public. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, this, uh, times change. It's stuff that you can look back and laugh. And I look back and look on uh, you know, Mike V's uh, endeavors into music, and he's got a few outside of uh, The Rats, He's also done more of a, uh, uh, I don't want to say a stoner rock, but more like a, a rock type, uh, an alternative rock. It's pretty alternative rock. Wow. Whoa. What Whoa. are you getting into there, huh? <laughs> the alt-right. <laughs> alternative rock. That sounds like a good, uh, that sounds like a good song title for a punk band. Okay. <laughs> Trademark. Anyway. <laughs> um, what of a, I don't even remember what I was saying. It's a sort of an alternative rock type of type band. It's got that classic uh, '70s edge to it. It's I don't know. I guess the best way I could compare it, the best band I could compare it to, is the likes of uh, Wolf Mother or the White Stripes, something like that. Okay. Yeah, and that band's called Revolution Mother. Really good stuff. Check it out. Cool. Yeah, I might even play it on the show one time. Yeah. Excellent. I think I will do that. All <laughs> right. Yeah, Mike V. He's a great skater and a great vocalist. I mean, he's probably the only good thing in uh, Black Flag TM right now. <laughs> I mean, I saw I saw Black Flag with Mike V on the vocals, and oh yeah, just uh, watching him up there and all of his uh, 
all of his uh, rough skater edge candor, just like yelling at me, rise above, I gotta rise above. I'm like, okay, I could, I could justify my $25 I spent on this show. And I still think that was too much. <laughs> okay. Well, that's what I got to say about Mike V and the Rats. A very short song, but a lot of attitude. Awesome. Like a good hardcore song. That's fantastic. Well, uh, I've got something new. Ben reached out. Uh, Creeping Tide is the name of the band. I want to thank Ben for reaching out and sharing with us. The band started in 2021, so they've only been a band approximately a year. They're from Sheffield in the UK. And this is their debut album. Still new, so but it's probably a little bit lesser known. I hadn't heard of them yet, and so I love it when bands reach out to share music. Hint, hint, anybody out there. If you got music and you want someone to check it out, well, we are always happy to check it out. I get to the overwhelming majority of it, sometimes slower than I'd like, but we're on it. Uh, September 9th is when they released The Wages of an Ill-Spent Life, and you can go find them also at creepingtide.com. There's plenty of ways to connect with them there. I briefly looked at the website uh, just as Blank Generation, I got through about half the album. Just have only had a little bit of time, but I want to include the band. So through the first half of the album, there were several songs. I was even debating on picking that for a great cover-to-cover album because halfway through, I was like, wow, this is really cool. I'm, I'm struggling to pick one song. <laughs> but we have an interview, and I wanted to include it on this episode, so I don't have the space for it. But maybe uh, over on Punkinoy Worldwide, you'll hear me playing them again soon, maybe in the new song September, as this came out in September. Uh, the track that I'm going to pick, though, like I said, new track, or first half of the album, it is called Release It. I think they have a, a bunch of cool sounds. Uh, it's kind of Celtic punk, but not every song is maybe uh, this song isn't an example of every song you'll hear at, oh, through right. the first half. So it's, there's, it's unique, not this specific song, but th- as you go out, it's not like one song sounds like the other. So, Well, that's a good way of uh, introducing it, keeping this, keeping this sort of ominous presence about what to expect. Right, and there's a lot to it. There's a lot of other tracks to go check out. So get out there and check out Creeping Tide, but now we'll do it together. Here is Release It.
that's release it. That's creeping tide. I recommend getting out there and checking out the rest as uh, I really dig the sound. Like I said, there's there's some Celtic punk sound to it, but there's also a variety of others. Uh, I think the vocals are like uh, early Coxbar. Yeah, I was just going to point that out. Oh, it good. A, it had a bit of a Coxbar vibe. Not so much with the vocals that I was hearing, but more the, the way that the guitar riffs were presented. Awesome. It's like when I heard a... Just hearing the, those sort of soft strumming, the alternating uh, pickings, it reminded me of uh, the song We're Coming Back. Awesome. Just like that. I know that that's like painting with a broad brush. What punk band doesn't use that? <laughs> but sort of the same thing how I was uh, comparing Decline to Comeback Kid. V- they get, I can say the same here. Right. Musically, however, it sounds like real Mackenzie's without the bagpipes. Oh. So, yeah, I could. I can still get that sort of sense that this is a Celtic punk song in a, in a matter of speaking. Right. It's just like it doesn't have the uh, traditional Celtic instruments in there. But like you said, this is not a song that's uh, indicative of the rest of their ca- catalog. So You'll hear some similarities, but there's going to be some other things that aren't that similar. Yeah. That was pretty funny. It's like you take a... You know, you show somebody the Dropkick Murphy song, you show them Rose Tattoo, or or Shipping Up to Boston, one that everybody knows, and then you show them a song like uh, uh, Boys on the Docks. And right? it's like, wait, really? <laughs> yeah, really. Really. <laughs> that's the same fucking band, man. Oh, that's awesome. Well, go check them out. A lot of cool stuff we've got so far. We're getting close to doing an interview with Stu of Spirit World. Uh, Before we do that, we're going to talk briefly about some live shows. Eric went and saw one. We mentioned that I was going to see one. I wasn't able to get to it. So get out there and see that Blitzkid show as it comes through your town. I think they're on the tail end of that tour, though. Uh, Eric, what did you see this time around? Well, we were discussing earlier. I said that I managed to see one show. That apparently was a lie. I went to two. Oh, okay. <laughs> the other one I sort of forgot about because I only saw one band off of the, uh, I think it was the four or five band bill. The thing was, it was the band uh, Chemical Fix. And they were playing uh, uh, last uh, Tuesday, I want to say it was. Okay. Yeah, last Tuesday at your mom's house. And they were playing with uh, Destiny Bond, Fight the Future, Bound, and... Ack was going to play, but they dropped off for uh, uh, one reason or another. And okay. I can't remember who they got to fill in, but regardless, I didn't end up seeing them. Uh, my friend called me up. She was saying, hey, what are you doing right now? I'm like, I'm just sitting at home. Uh, will you drive me to this show down at your mom's house? I want to see Chemical Fix. Sure, why not? I can go down. Why not? <laughs> so went down there and... Uh, Caught there, just got there right as uh, Destiny Bond was uh, finishing up their set. And I uh, didn't manage to catch the end of it. I was mostly just hanging outside and just uh, kicking back a few beers, talking a few shits with people, and uh, it was fun. And then went inside, saw Chemical Fix, and yeah, they were pretty good. They got that, uh, you know, they got that chaotic metalcore sound reminiscent of bands like Converge. And... And yeah, they were just wild. It was getting pretty gnarly in there. Awesome. <laughs> so yeah, fun show. And then went outside and uh, hung around, hung around the people a bit more. Just uh, shot the shit, shot the breeze, and then bound finish up their set. And I got to listen to them. Didn't go inside and see them. <laughs> Sorry. 
Sometimes that's the way it goes. Sometimes, yes, sometimes it is the way. However, there is a show that I did see where I saw all the bands on that bill. And that was the uh, fundraiser for Indigenous Solidarity. That was all the... That was uh, raising money for all the families in Rose Park who are getting kicked out of their homes because of this new uh, foundation they're laying down there. I don't know exactly what it is. It could be an apartment complex. It could be a new police station. Either way, fuck it, you <laughs> assholes. So, yeah, that was what the, uh, that's what this fundraiser was for. And I got to see uh, Dysentery, and I finally got to see Makosos for the first time. That's my friend Ra. That's their first band, and that was my first time seeing them. I'm like, hey. You did well. You did well, kid. <laughs> and that was the thing I could say about these, uh, about all these uh, other bands. P.S. Destroy This, they were the most reserved band on that bill. They sounded a bit more like a, a sort of a poppy, garagey, uh, sort of like the band Bleached, now that I think about it. Yeah, sort of like a really young version of Bleach, like the Little Sisters. <laughs> and they are all girls, so it does make sense that's that way. And so, yeah, I finally got to see P.S. Destroy This, and I saw Dysentery, and they are still killing it. I mean, I mean, Decrepit Mike, he knows how to hammer out them fucking snare worship blast beats. Like, I don't know how he does it. He's crazy. But I love it. <laughs> and then Griebler. I finally saw Griebler. I didn't know that they were playing, or at least I forgot they were playing. And that was, like, their uh, third show. And it was really cool. They, like... Uh, all wore uh, ski masks and were just like uh, giving off that vibe of just this vigilante anarchist. I'm like, this is pretty cool looking. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they said one thing. It was like, this is a song about a situation that happened a few months ago. I don't have to go into the details, but if you know, you know. And then he, uh, and then he en ended it with free Cheerios. I'm like, oh, I know what this is about. <laughs> this, this is about him stabbing that dickhead in the neck. And I was like, I don't want to. I don't want to sit. Be like, I know what dog this is. I want to know what it is. But I did in a way. After the song was over, I tapped the singer on the shoulder, like, "Hey, you best protect your neck." <laughs> and he was like, "Oh shit!" And gave me a fist bump. I'm like, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> I couldn't help it. Anyway, the main band that I was there to see was All Systems Fail. Because All Systems Fail, they have now been a band officially for 20 years. Awesome. 20 years. They started back in 2002, and they were incredibly grateful to be playing shows like this because they are like a, I don't want to say indigenous, but I mean the uh, uh, their singer, Jorge, he is from Mexico, and he said he came up to Salt Lake in the, in the 90s and in the 2000s, and he started going to shows, and he mentioned himself being the, the one little Latino kid who was just hanging out in the back who uh, couldn't speak English. <laughs> but it wasn't until uh, Travis, their bass player, he was the only one interacting with him because he could speak Spanish. So that was cool. That was cool. And yeah, in 2002, they formed All Systems Fail. And man, they are just one of the... It's just crazy how long they've been abandoned, how good they still are. And the thing is, they have a, uh, they have a setup where they're alternating vocals. Like uh, Travis, Jorge, and uh, I can't remember her name, but they all like uh, take parts in uh, leads, but they only had one microphone. <laughs> so, it was, so they were just passing the mic back and forth, or Jorge was holding it up to Travis's mouth. And what's unfortunate is like, is like his voice was the weakest out of all of them. 
as in like I I know he can belt out those vocals. I've seen them many times before. I know what he's capable of, but it just wasn't catching. Like I don't know. I just his voice was just a uh, weak. He wasn't able to uh, uh, em- emote. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that's a that was kind of a that was kind of a bummer. But if that's the only complaint I had about this show, then fuck, it must have been a great show. And it was. It was a great show. They even did a cover song that they've been trying to do for the last 20 years, but they've never got around to practicing it. And I wish I asked them what song that was because it was like a minute and 10 seconds at some point. I'm like, <laughs> really? It took you this long <laughs> to cover this, whatever it was? I gotta, I gotta ask him. Next time I see him, I gotta ask him what that cover song was. So uh, yeah, stay tuned for that. Anyway, that's uh, those are what those are the bands that I have seen in the last week. Awesome. Well, let's get into some bands that are not bands, but shows that are coming up. Uh, as I did not attend any, but I do plan to attend one. I'll mention it here in a moment. First up, we're going to go to uh, a show that is coming in Bremerton, Washington. I mentioned this earlier last episode or two. Uh, The band NARC from Salt Lake is heading up to the Charleston in Bremerton to play on December 17th for the Winter Harsh Fest 2022. Uh, It's brought to us by Leprotic Limb, and it features bands Burial Rites, Male Faction, NARC, Maneater, Bummer, Rank and Vile, Malicious, Algorithm, and Endorphins Lost. It's a $12 show. Show starts at 6. Several bands there. Get up to the Charleston in Bremerton on the 17th. Go enjoy some music, uh, you know, with your other family, right? That's, right. <laughs> that's It's a good time of year. People, I, I think some people get too focused on certain things. Maybe it means certain different things to different people. But this time of year, for me, it's hey, we might have neglected spending time with family, and family is not necessarily those that share the same blood as you. So mm-hmm. uh, get out there and spend time with that family. Go watch that show. A lot of great bands. And if you're local to that area, enjoy NARC uh, coming up from our neck of the woods to come see you and play some cool music along with all those other bands. Next up, you can go see Wreck the Halls, which will be brought to you by Muddy Roots, and that will be in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, at the Graveyard Gallery. It's Wreck the Halls, this Saturday, December 3rd. That's this week. It's a $10 show. Music starts at 6, doors open at 5, and you can go see Rotten Stitches, Wrecked, Tank Rats, Black Market Kidney Surgeon. What a neat name that is, huh? Tank Rats. I like that. <laughs> I was talking about Black Market Kidney Surgeon. And I like that, too. <laughs> okay, I like them both as well. Uh, the Oitakas, Oitakas, it's the Oi and then T-A-K-U-S, the Oitakas. Oitakis. Prob- <laughs> could be something, I don't know. But it's a cool name. I'm definitely intrigued and would want to hear what they sound like. Uh, Brat Tamer and Close Proximity. Uh, several bands, again, at one show. That's why your music's starting so early. Get there to Murfreesboro in Tennessee, and you go check out uh, Wreck the Halls. I love that name. I'm sure there's a Wreck the Halls in several cities, but uh, go check that one out. <laughs> oh, we'll be, uh, yeah, we'll be getting to something like that. <laughs> uh, also, December 3rd, if you're in Seattle, you can go see the Angry Snowmans. 
Uh, it's definitely that time of year. We might get around to playing something here. I'll definitely be playing something from Angry Snowman's over on Punkanoi Worldwide. Yeah. Frosty's not so happy or jolly anymore. <laughs> He's, the Christmas season's gotten a bit, uh, it's gotten to him a bit. <laughs> It's an all-ages show. You can get into a bar with ID. There will be a guest to be announced. It's a $10 show. It's that time of year. Go check out the Angry Snowmans this weekend in Seattle on Saturday. Uh, also on December 3rd, and this is a uh, several bands again. Uh, December 3rd in Vorselar, Belgium at Den Drief. Uh, Once a Punk happens on December 3rd. Uh, once a punk, always a punk. You can go see Definitivos, The Dirty Scums, and the show starts at 1.05. Yes, 1.05 in the afternoon because you're getting The Definitivos, The Dirty Scums, United Against Society, On the Huh, The Agitators, love that band, Verrukers, Red Zebra, The Casualties, Evil Conduct, wrapping up the night with GBH. So that is an extremely stacked lineup. You can go get info tickets. Uh, you email info at... Hertelsrockcity.com. Uh, I don't see another way. You can go fo- go check out any of the band's social medias, and I'm sure you can get more details there as well. Punksmas 7 is coming up. That'll be Saturday, December 10th, and that features a lot of bands. Mass Hysteria, Johnny Cab, which will be Johnny Cab's final show, Cry Havoc, Zombie, Wolf Harbor, Land Piranha, Disqualifier, Benny Muniz, Sandy Claus. <laughs> yes. Is that the beach Santa? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it says uh, the strangers in parentheses. Uh, Matthew W. Charles, Rusty Things, and Bobby Dickman, or maybe it's Bobby Dykeman. Uh, I'll call it Dykeman. I don't want to call him Dickman. Bobby Dykeman. <laughs> there you go. It's going to be in Hamden, Connecticut. So go check out Punksmas 7. It's only a $10 show. Again, because there's so many bands, it's starting in the afternoon. That's at 2 in the afternoon. It's a 21 and older show. Yeah, festival style. Right? Uh, the show I'm going to go see is this Saturday. Cody Labucane's birthday bash. Did I get the name right that time? I don't know. All right, I'm just reading it on the flyer. End the struggle, the modifiers, informal society, the afraid, all systems fail, goat sifter, uh, Al Ghoul, all at Aces High Saloon. That starts at 8, so that's going to be a late show because you get all of those bands, and it's not starting until 8. It's a $15 show. That is December 3rd. Mm-hmm. I played the afraid two episodes ago, informal society last episode. Uh, go check that out this weekend if you're here in Salt Lake, Aces High Saloon. Uh, I've got two more shows to mention. One is Friends Miss. We're a little ways out, but we're going to be doing our covers episode in tribute to it. Over on Pocono Worldwide, I did a show with CJ Coop of Racist Kramer. It is a show here in Salt Lake at Urban Lounge on December 17th. It's free entry, but there will be raffle prizes. As you would have heard in the interview, if you go listen to that on Pocono Worldwide, I think they raised like $20,000 last year. It all goes to or benefits the Utah Domestic Violence Coalition. Uh, the bands do cover sets. The band's playing this year. Racist Kramer, Cop Drama, Fail to Follow, Damn Dirty Vultures, and Pirates of the Promised Land. Uh, so get out there and support that. Or if Friendsmas Eve, because that's the name of the show, Punk Rock Christmas, is not, if it's too far for you to get here to Salt Lake, well, you know, you should be doing something like that in your town, as some of these other things might have been. Uh, again, the raising the money, it's awesome. Now, I'm going to mention again, it's 
far out, but it's in Puerto Plata, Dominican Republic. It's Destination Chaos. It's a music and comedy festival. Uh, I've mentioned several details. You can head over to destinationchaos.com and get the whole layout. Like I said last time, you get like some DJ playing from like noon to later in the afternoon, and then you get an uh, intermixing of, uh, there's a couple stages, but they'll have comedy sets, they'll have bands playing, uh, you go stay at the resort, you get to enjoy the beach, and then enjoy the bands and not have to do the whole day festival grind, and it's January 28th through February 4th, so just book it, go. I was just at Dominican Republic, not at a specific resort, but over the summer, loved it. Uh, room packages are available. They also have single-day tickets on sale. The experience at the Senator Resort is where you'll find it. And you'll get to see bands like Iggy Pop, Descendants, Parquet Courts, Gogo Bordello, Peter Hook and the Light, who will be performing Joy Division's Unknown Pleasures album, Alan Sniffers, Bouncing Souls, Shame, The Chats, Amigo the Devil, The Bronx, Teenage Bottle Rocket, Starcrawler, Grade 2, A Giant Dog, The Cat Lady, Moscow Death Brigade, Los Perex, Lemmy Winks, Thick, Shido, Crazy and the Brains, who we just had on the show a couple months ago. Vicious Dreams, those are all of the bands that you'll get to see, and I think they might have added more. Uh, comedy from Josh Adam Myers, Eddie Pepitone, Joseph, Casey Balsham, Natalie Cuomo, JT Habers Habersat. That's what you're going to get. I'll be mentioning it on all the shows I do between now and then because that's one of those things that you're going to need to save your funds for to afford. It's not just simple buy a concert ticket and you're there. Unless you happen to live in Dominican Republic, and if you do, thanks for listening to the show, people in Dominican Republic. Eric, that's all I got for this episode. What do you have to add? Uh, okay, catch your breath, sir. <laughs> <laughs> got to get through this. We've got an interview to get to. Uh, yes, I know. Anyway, the uh, the show that I will be attending to, it will be, uh, it'll be taking place while... Uh, It'll be taking place either tonight or tomorrow, depending on when you are listening to this, which is most likely going to be tomorrow from where I am. The point is, the 29th, I will be at the Beehive watching, this, uh, watching the show Benefit for Displaced Rose Park Families. Another one. Of course another one, actually. Only this one's more of a hardcore show rather than a uh, power violence show. And this one will include Generation XXX, Absolved, Snake Eyes, Spent, Portraits and Run Into the Sun, who are using this as the release for their uh, new single, Cry Slash Blood. And Dan actually uh, leaked me that uh, the SoundCloud link titled Locals Only. So I got to hear the, uh, new, the two new songs that Run Into the Sun just released. And I, yeah, I forgot to mention that in the new releases. That's going to be coming out tomorrow. Uh, anyway, yeah, th this uh, show will also have the uh, Rose Park Berets. And Hate Five Six Sunny will be there recording it, and fifteen dollar donation, or if you feel like you uh, want to give more, you certainly can. Awesome. Excuse me. And on the second, there's uh, quite a few shows going on. Well, three. That still is quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one, at Loathing Clothing, All Systems Fail, Mandalore, Badmouth, and Drollbox will be playing. That starts at 7 p.m., be $7. At Aces High, The Meteors and Hi-Fi Murder and The Pseudos will be playing. That's going to be $20, and it's also starting at 8 p.m. And I will not be attending either of those, at least uh, not at the start, because I will be playing a show. Awesome. I'll be playing, yeah, my band Anonymous will be sharing the stage with Go Bankrupt and Die. Fight the Future, Snake Eyes, and Dispersed from San Diego. 
and Dispersed is actually going to be playing the very next day up in Pocatello, but I'll get to that in a minute. This show that I'm talking about, that takes place at Black Lung. That thing will start at, uh, did they even put a time on here? They didn't put a time on here. Idiots. <laughs> actually, I even called them out on that. They said that they did a, that they uh, redid the flyer, but I guess I just have the old one. It's at six. <laughs> it's at six, and it's $12, so come check uh, all of us out. Anyway, uh, back to the uh, show that I uh, was sort of uh, nudging. This uh, show happened up in Pocatello, Idaho. I know Pocatello is not in Utah, but a lot of bands from Utah will be playing that show. Like I, and like I said, Dispersed is actually going to be uh, playing up there, <laughs> along with Crow Killer and Zodiac Killer, uh, and our own Snuff Tape and Snake Eyes, and along with the locals dragged out the kingdom in Lone Hand. At least I assume they're locals. I assume. I'm not too familiar with uh, Pocatello up there. It's been a while. It's been a while <laughs> since the days of Mojo's, when Ogden Hardcore was still a thing, when we had a network, man, whatever. The, that's going to be uh, $10. Um, also, it could be free if you bring a toy or a book for donation. Awesome. So there you go. Anyway, that's going to be taking place at 117 Music Lounge, which is 117 East Main Street in Pocatello. So get up there and mosh for Santa. That is going to be on the 3rd. On the 3rd, however, is also Cody's birthday bash with all the bands that, uh, uh, that Dustin just mentioned. But I will reiterate. Endless Struggle, The Modifiers, Informal Society, The Afraid, Goat Sifters, All Systems Fail, and Al Ghul. All ghouls go to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, <coughs> I most likely will be attending that one. As much as it'd be cool to go up to Idaho, I'm not sure if I have the capital to support such an endeavor. Right. <coughs> it's like it's not like I can uh, just give a donation to a gas station and they give me free gas. <laughs> Stupid. If only. Yeah. If only there was a Black Friday for gas stations. <laughs> it's like, come on, give a 30% discount for a gallon. <laughs> give it the times. Anyway, on the on the fourth, not a show, but a uh, flea market, the SLC Punk Rock Flea Market at, will take place at Sugar Space Warehouse. That starts at 3 p.m., goes into 8 p.m. And my friends uh, Nick and Katie, also known as DJ Nick's Beat and DJ Retrograde, uh, Retrograde, there we go. Sort of a tongue twister, that word. We'll all be playing. <clears throat> well, they won't be playing. They'll be spinning. They'll be spinning all their records, uh, just sort of uh, keep up the morale and uh, sort of influence you to support your local community by buying shit. <laughs> <laughs> buying their wares. You're buying from the locals. You're uh, supporting independent businesses and, uh, and uh, creation, creators awesome. and artists. So check that out if you uh, get the chance. That's all I got for uh, shows right now. There's a few more going on on the 10th, and I mean a few more. There are so many shows going on that night. I'm gonna be going on. I'm gonna be going to two, but that's not that's not here. That is there, and we'll be talking about there when we get there. All right, on the next one, let's. Uh, we're gonna get to an interview here momentarily. We're looking forward to talking with Stu and playing some more great stuff from Spirit World. But before we do that, Eric has an album. He is going to discuss, we're going to play a couple songs, and then we're going to get to Spirit World. So, Eric, you're up. What do you have? What's the album this week? Well, I have an album by a band we played here recently, no less than a month ago. The band is Folk Hogan. 
Yes, Folk Hogan. I told you about him the that episode when we played their song Skeleton Scramble as a uh, as a as a Halloween song. Right. And it very much is a Halloween song. But I said that their uh that uh, that their uh, repertoire is not always uh it's not all horror and these weird little uh, spooky graveyard pageants that come about from just being a grave digger. No, this is, uh, they mostly sing about getting drunk. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, but they know how to have a fun time with it. And I'm not going to dig in too much of my discovery of them. If uh, you want to know, I refer you back to the uh, aforementioned episode, whichever number that is. But you can find it. However, the album that Skeleton Scramble came off of was the album Band of Mighty Souls, and that was their first LP that was released. They had since released uh, another one, like, I want to say five years ago. I can't remember what it was called. I just remember that it has the song Fire Breather on it. Oh, cool. Yeah, and Fire Breather, that was the first song I heard by them because first time I saw them live was my first time hearing them, and they opened up with that song. And I just remember that listening to the studio version of that was like, well, it's not as good as when I heard it live. <laughs> so there's that. And Folk Hogan, yeah, they are much better live. They're a lot of fun to see, and they just have a, they just have such a vibrant personality, each and every one of those members. I mean, Moses, Scotty, Canyon, Nick. I even saw them when Box was still in their band. She was their banjo player, but she went off the fucking grid. No, I don't know where she is. Uh, she was also the drummer and Handy Capitalist. I played them before, and they are awesome. Okay, but yeah, Folk Hogan, Band of Mighty Souls. I mean, they said it. They said it right here in the title track. Like comets from heaven, to this earth they fell. They sang their song, and the whole world sang along. They were under their control. From heaven to this earth we fell We played our first song The whole world sang along They were under our control And one by one we came to the band Like soldiers to death Like waves onto land And with our first score The bellows did roar The first time we felt whole It was right It was right It was right It was right Band of mighty souls
So it gets a little long-winded, uh, especially towards the end. You're like, how many times are you going to say this, man? <laughs> but it's a great song nonetheless. It's, uh, it's fun. And, of course, you can tell they don't think too highly of themselves. <laughs> no, it's all part of this whole like uh, mythos they built around this, uh, of this album. And uh, I'll reiterate my first time meeting uh, Moses, their uh, singer and mandolin player. He was uh, working uh, in the repair shop at Guitar Center, and I brought in my bass. He saw the Flog and Molly sticker. He liked it. S- mentioned his band, how they're kind of like Flog and Molly. I was like, okay. But you can clearly tell these guys aren't exactly Celtic. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's no... Uh, I mean, yeah, there's a mandolin, but there's uh, no fiddle, and it's, the mandolin's not played in the same way as you hear those traditional Irish folk songs. They're more closely related to that of Gogo Bordello, you know, sort of gypsy, sort of Slavic-based. Right. But also in other songs, there's like a, just the way the mandolin is played, it just sounds like that, uh, the score from The Godfather, that sort of like waltzy... <laughs> I, I can't emulate it. I can't do it justice with uh, just my little, my little rolling tongue. But if you if you watch The Godfather, you at least know the music. You know what I'm talking about. They have songs that sound more like that. So you have Mediterranean and Slavic, not exactly Celtic, but it's good <laughs> nonetheless. And yeah, like I said, these guys. Uh, they just they just love having a good time, and they write about love. <laughs> and that's the song that I uh, chose here: "True Love Song." And I love it so much. And if uh, for you folk Hogan fans out there, you know the twist in the end. You know what the, the what Moses is referring to with his love. And as the song goes on, as he's just uh, constantly like uh, just uh, swooning over this true love, it gets a little more tragic. <laughs> uh, you'll understand what I mean when you uh, listen to this song. Like it made me laugh as soon as the as soon as the punchline hit, as soon as the twist came in. I'm like, oh, I get it. This is funny. So I don't want to spoil that surprise for all of you guys that have not heard this song. But here it is. I hope you enjoy it. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm here today to testify to you about a very true love of mine. My, my only true love. Who has been there for me since the beginning and will never, never leave me alone. No matter how dark the night, No matter how stormy the seas, this friend has been there for me. Can I get a hallelujah? Hallelujah! I love this very special friend of mine. And I could not have done anything, anything without this very special friend. Started calling on the rocks Now you go down easy and I love all 
You see what I mean by it be by it turning to turning from a simple love story to something uh, pretty much tragic. Yeah. <laughs> Even under the veil of uh, parody, like like I said, Folk Hogan's a drinking band, and this is definitely exaggerated. Just like, <laughs> oh, we can't live without whiskey, you know. <laughs> but yeah, at a certain point where it's like you uh, just take the veil of comedy off, and you're just thinking, well, they really do uh, accurately portray alcoholism. <laughs> Right? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, but as far as I know, none of these guys are, uh, I mean, they're inebriated by nature. <laughs> but, they're, but they're still doing what they're doing, and they're still, they're still great people, the ones I have interacted with recently. I haven't seen Folk Hogan play in almost 10 years now. Wow. And they, yeah, and they, it's not like they don't play. They play a lot. I mean, Jesus, they were just in Europe over a month ago. And I don't know. I just, I just don't frequent the bars that they play. <laughs> so, so yeah, Folk Hogan, you're still a great band, Band of Mighty Souls, if you will, and that album still holds a special spot in my heart. One of the first bands I saw, uh, first local bands that I saw live when I started going to shows. Also, same thing with All Systems Fail. 
that was another band that I had seen way back in uh, when they were just a band for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and same with Folk Hogan. They're like part of the laundry list of bands that have uh, stuck with me because of that little uh, nostalgic moment. Awesome. Anyway, I will no longer go on of about Folk Hogan because we have a pretty loaded episode today. Now, let's get to the main event. Let's get to Spirit World and our conversation with Stu. Yes, we're going to get to that interview here in just a moment. Uh, again, we will mention the album a Death Western. It is being released or was released last week on November 25th. We mentioned it for several weeks prior to Played Moonlit, Torture. Uh, oh, yeah. Now we're going to play a couple other tracks to sandwich this cool interview. I hope you enjoy the interview. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the band, go check them out. Go check out the band camp. Go check out the stuff prior to Pagan Rhythms. Pagan yeah. Rhythms. Check out that whole album. We're only going to focus on the tracks uh, on Death Western, but we do cover everything with Stu in the interview. So, oh yeah, be ready for everything. Oh, we, <laughs> oh, we will. He goes into detail. It's, it's awesome. It's really awesome. Just like this uh, song that is about to play. The song we're going to play is Ulcer. Yes. Eric picked Ulcer. Why'd you pick this particular one, Eric? Because it is heavier in all hell. <laughs> you can see that's gonna be a that's gonna be a running theme in uh, the interview. That's what Stu says a lot. He says, "Yeah, I love the riffs. They're heavy." Awesome. And Ulcer is one that's uh, pretty well put together to me. I love the I love the tremolo picking. I love the sinister, evil sounding Slayer riffage, and I love the uh, the sort of a chromatic riff that you would sooner hear in like a Death or a Morbid Angel song. Cool. And it's got the breakdown. It's got the little chonky parts in there. And for some reason, this one just hits the hardest. In a sea of all this, uh, all this metallic uh, tremolo riffing and chonky breakdowns, this one just stood out. Can't exactly uh, tell you the reason why. Maybe uh, next week another song will stick out. Or maybe this song stuck out more than the one that did last week. I don't know. So Ulcer is just the way to go for me right now. And I think this is a... I think this is a good way to sort of ease everybody into what to expect from Spirit World. If you are, if you're ready for it, that is. <laughs>
that was Spirit World from their just a little track off their new album, the uh, Death Western. Yes, and we got and we got the guy right here, Stu, and he's going to give us, uh, I guess, the ins and outs of his band and this album. How's it going, Stu? Going good, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Pleasure's all ours. I guess let's, uh, let's talk with the uh, beginning of uh, Spirit World. You guys had a massively different sound, at least on the first release you guys did, and then and now you guys have the have what you uh, the sonic output that you have right now. It's just different. What was the idea when uh, starting this whole project? And basically, just do whatever I want. I spent a lot of time playing in my old punk band, hardcore band, and then when that wrapped up, like. I had probably a good six, seven years where I didn't really share any of the music I was writing. Didn't really have a desire to, to be honest. And then I kind of changed my mind about that and was started getting the bug to like kind of put out some music and play some shows. And so I want to do some catchy kind of uh, alt country meets an oi band, hardcore band, something like that. Um, so like our demo material, you see some of those influences and then we played a couple of shows and uh, right after we played the shows, I kind of, I kind of knew that I was going to spend a lot of time and energy and kind of do a band and really pour some stuff into it. And it just, I don't know. I didn't really, at the time I was just like, uh, had a lot of personal stuff going on and decided to get sober. And I didn't want to do a band and be like trapped in the same, just that nightlife circle that never ends and so for me personally like i have a really addictive personality and in order to like not drink or do anything i just kind of had to go cold turkey and just stop doing like i'm completely sober nowadays It'd be five years in january congratulations but I guess, nice. yeah I, think, I guess moderation is not my jam put it that way so whatever i'm into i just kind of obsess over stuff and do it whether that whatever that is. Right. So I kind of, it got to the point in my life where I knew I was going to do something artistic and I wanted to do, I just wanted to put my energy into something where I had a tangible like record or something to show for the time more so than hanging out, going to other people's shows. I always have that thing where like I can go watch shows all the time, which I still do pretty active in scenes, but in the crowd, like I'm always feeling like, uh, I should be on the other side of that. You know, you go to a festival and I'm always thinking like, I want to play the fest, not be at the fest. And so like the, <laughs> like the demo material that we did, I started writing a full length because I really like where that direction was going super into it. And so I still have, I'm sitting on like 30 or 40 fleshed out demos of what that full length was going to be. And then while I was sitting at home bored, I just like, I love metal, love death metal, love thrash, love heavy hardcore. So I just was having more fun playing heavy stuff. And I got this idea in my head to like, I'm like, well, shit, in metal, you can do a concept album, do whatever you want. I'm just going to make a thrash death metal album. Same band name, same everything. And everyone thought I was crazy. All my friends, everybody that's like in the band now were like, yeah, okay, bro, whatever. And then I just sat at home and did it and made the whole record and like self put it out. And then when things start taking off, like now we're, you know, just put out another album on Century Media, doing a bunch of badass touring. So to answer your question, like, I just do whatever the fuck I want. And it just happens to be, I like things that are a little bit polar opposites. So 
probably the next full length will be back to more singer songwriter punk rock other stuff i'm into which is going to throw people for a loop because now they you know people are going to tell me i'm a metal band and you can't do that but it all comes down to i'm old enough to do whatever the fuck i want with whoever i want <laughs> however i want and i have enough like confidence that i love records and bands and i won't put anything out unless i think it's good so i'll put out something that's dope and we'll just be one of them weird bands like the melvins or the super suckers or fucking flaming lips you know like you have bands back in the day that did crazy shit i think maybe i'm gonna throw back to one of them i don't know well i mean in today's uh day and age as far as uh consumption of media goes it does pay to be like uh to keep the fans on their toes just to sort of like throw them through a loop that way at least that's how i feel so long as it's like i guess for lack of a better term done right doesn't feel like it's a uh, overproduced that way yeah good shit is good shit like that's all that matters the record is what matters you know if you don't put out a good record no one cares about your band you may get like hype bands to do stuff for a little while but if you want any sort of longevity like you got to put something that cuts out through the noise and there's a million bands like a million so nowadays like you better be pretty damn good if you want anybody to notice you know yeah totally and everybody's records sound pretty good it's not like when i was growing up where like you almost had gatekeepers because if you weren't on a label with a little bit of a budget, you couldn't even make a record that sounded great. Nowadays, like, it's pretty easy, you know? Oh, yeah. You can do that shit from home. Yeah, that's what I did, you know? I, and I hate band practice. Like, the other reason I do what I want is, like, I hate getting in a room with my friends and you walk in with one idea and then you walk out with something else then you go back the next time and nobody remembers even the idea you collaborated on. And the time they recorded, like, I hate that. I like to, like, I'm very particular. So being a perfectionist of what I want, I'd much rather record everything, demo it at my house. And then, I don't know, I think it's easier that way. Yeah, this is uh, basically my uh, through the looking glass experience. Because <laughs> basically all you're saying, uh, Stu, about uh, uh, wanting to create and perfect something, that is something I've been doing with my band for the last uh, fucking eight years. I, I feel your pain, brother. Like, oh, especially yeah. if you're the one that's like maniacal about stuff. Sometimes it's hard to find people that are really can meet you on that common ground. You know, like I have to have the downbeat of every guitar has to hit the kick perfect, and I can hear yep. it when it's not. So, like for me, I've played with a lot of people that are pretty talented musicians, and that kind of stuff. You end up butting heads because you're like, "Yeah, bro, you're missing the you're missing the main point. It has to hit on the downbeat. You got to mm -hmm. change the kick. You're too busy." You know what I mean? It's just stuff like oh, that. Yeah. When you're in a practice room, everybody's having fun and everybody thinks they sound great. But if you can zoom out and you're trying to like produce a good song, it's like it's kind of tough to get one person on the same page with you, let alone five. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Absolutely. I know that too much. And the, the three words that I find myself constantly repeating at all my band practices, bear with me. Trust me, it'll work. <laughs> yeah, I went the other way on this project. Like, especially with the pagan rhythm stuff. When I decided we were going to play live, it's like a bunch of talented guys, send them the song, send them the set list, and like show up at this location and be able to play these songs that are on the record. So it already started from a point of like, everybody knows what, what there's the end result's going to be instead of when you start a band and nobody knows what the fuck the first song's going to sound like, let alone an album, you know? Yeah, totally. I mean, coming from me personally, I can, I can say that the, uh, that all that work and all that uh, 
management, albeit micromanagement, even with the record, like Death Western came out. And I think it's the chef's kiss, if you will. <laughs> I've listened to it like maybe uh, three or four times over right now, just to sort of like really get the feel for it. And oh yeah, that shit is uh, brutal. Yeah, man, a lot of work into that. It's, I'm glad it's out. Like I, I was just telling a friend of mine from uh, Ryan from Houston that's in that band, Liberty and Justice. Like we were talking about it. And, I finished tracking it last January, a couple of days before we went on tour with Obituary. I remember because I had done all this screaming, finishing the vocals, and then we went on tour, and I only had like two days, and I totally ruined my voice. It's still not fixed. So like the voice that's on that record, like I'm still, like my shit's all fucked up. Like for me, it's been like an eternity since I got it done. You know what I mean? So now it's finally yeah. out, and people are like gushing over it. And I'm on one hand. I'm fucking sick of that album. And like, I, I'm the type of person that I'm always on to the next thing. So it's like, I listen to death Western. There's two or three things that really bug me about it that I didn't quite hit the mark. And so everybody, it's nice having everybody excited about it. Cause I can be like, yeah, it's pretty good, man. Like I feel that, but at the <laughs> same time, I'm like, I'm a bit of a psycho. So I'm just like, I'm on to the next shit, you know? Right. Uh, I totally get that. That was the thing that I'm picking up on in this uh, Death Western. It's uh, it's like the three bands that I've narrowed it down to as a being a sort of combination was like, it's like it's got Integrity, it's got Slayer, and it's got Morbid Angel. If that's strictly for all the little uh, occultish shit that it's putting in there. Yeah, I mean, that's close. I, I mean, <clears throat> for me, there's like, I'm really big into like all three of those genres of music, like good 80s thrash like Florida death metal, Swedish death metal, hardcore from the U.S. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Black Flag and the old stuff too. But for me, like I really was involved in that scene and came up and saw like the Sick of It Alls and Avail and all these bands in the late 90s. And even like the Victory Records catalog that was a lot heavier where you had stuff like Hatebreed, Blood for Blood, Snapcase, Integrity, Ringworm, All Out War, like I've seen all of those bands a million times. Like, so my idea of doing a heavy record, like I, I said it was going to be like a death metal thing, but I knew I was going to mix just my favorite pieces of basically those three styles. Cause they're my favorite. And I think they're the most, when I see a band live, those are my favorite parts, like a good down picking, like Metallica ass thrash riff or like yeah. a good groove. Those are my favorites. And then I use death metal, like triple picking and like, last beats every once in a while just to break it up enough so i can drop another like banger on you those are my favorite things you know i wish i don't know why more bands don't cut out more of the kind of self jerk off solos and looping a fast part like five times in a row like me i just maybe it's from going to so many shows you know it's like know what hits live so i just try to make records that you one you can listen to all the way through without skipping shit which I barely do with other bands anymore. Maybe it's because I'm older, you know, so you got to be really good to make me play your shit on repeat. But I try and set that as like a bar for me. Like if I can hit that, then I feel proud of it. And like, I feel like people will get something out of it, you know? Oh yeah. That's sort of like a, my idea of uh, going to, of going into a writing session. It's like, I've listened to so many bands and so many songs and I just think of my favorite songs by those bands and just think, what is it that makes it my favorite? I just take all of my favorite parts and I just, you know, mesh them together that way, you know? There's no wrong way. It's like cooking, you know? 
it's what you put on the plate. So how you get there doesn't matter as much, you know, but as long as there's love and you know what you're doing, like what you want it to be, I think it's a good North star to just focus on what you truly dig because nothing else works. It all comes off like forced. If you don't, you know, like no one can tell me that like my band isn't a complete reflection of like what I'm into. Like anyone that knows me that like sees this is just like you crazy fuck. Like this is perfect. Like I totally see what you did, but that's just because I don't know. Everybody's got their own kinks. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I got nothing but like appreciation and respect for uh, bands that uh, not only like, uh, walk that faded line between multiple genres, but who do it so well. That's just the idea. It's like carving out your own niche. Yeah. And a lot of people, like I do these interviews all the time and they, one thing that comes up is they're like, Oh, you're starting your new genre, death Western. And I'm just like, I'm not starting shit. Like that phrase, like I had death Western, the title of this record before we ever talked to century media and they kind of ran with that because, you know, they're cute. They're a record label. It's what they do. But it's like <laughs> I the idea of someone mixing country music and metal, I think, is fucking stupid. Like, I'm not going to listen to that record. When I hear bands that, like, do stuff like that, I like country music. Like, I'm a bit of a purist about everything. So if you're going to mix stuff, you have to, like, do it tastefully. So, like, an intro into, like, a thrash song, that's pretty much where I draw the line. So I'm like, I'm mixing death metal and Western, like, film. That's what the death Western thing is. It's like, and not just Western, but like a horror Western. So for me, like death Western is more like a combination of like a hard sound with like a visual aesthetic. And we bring that on stage too, like wearing fucking nudie suits. And a lot of people don't get it because like, whatever, I know it's a niche thing, but I don't know, man, it's hard to explain to people, but also when you're doing interviews with people from overseas and they're like asking me stuff, I realize they don't have any idea anything about the band. So it's like, what else are they going to ask me? You know, the easy (laughs) low hanging fruit is what you're going to get asked, you know, (laughs) which I mean, it is what it is. Like, I'm not, I'm not hating. I'm happy to talk to whoever about art, but a little bit of that, like you can't fuck up sacred things. You know what I mean? Like you can't take country music and put blast beats in it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, more power to those who uh, manage to, do that well i guess i don't know how but if sort of like rule 34 of music anyway it's like if you think of it it's already existing yeah there's that too there's nothing new it's a, it's a fucking guitar you know what i mean there's so many like i can barely play guitar no one believes me but like the truth is like i don't play guitar live i mean i can play all these songs and i wrote them all but like i'm not a guitar player i'm just more of a songwriter producer type freak but the I don't know, like I saw somebody, uh, I don't know if it was on a YouTube video or something, and they, one of our songs, they're like, oh, it's the, that's the Slayer catatonic riff. And I'm a pretty big Slayer guy, and I'm like, catatonic? What the fuck record is that on? So I had to like look it up, and I pulled it up, and I played it, and like it's was off that last batch of records. I think it might have been the last one Hanneman did, and I listened to it, and I was like, fuck, I wrote the song that this guy's saying is a rip of it, and I didn't even hear a riff that, like, fucking, I recognized that I could have even said I stole. So I'm like, on one <laughs> hand, it's with a grain of salt. I'm like, I probably ripped off somebody, maybe even Slayer in the song, the guy he's talking about, but it wasn't that one. So what do I know? And what is that guy? <laughs> you know, like, you're handpicking the song I ripped off, and it's like, I don't know. I don't hear it. 
I don't. Yeah. I, I'm not a fan of the people that say people rip people off. If you listen to music, and just as Eric said a few minutes ago, the sh- stuff you like is going to get put in a blender of sorts, and it's going to come out when you're creating. And so it's not a rip off. It's that's what you enjoy. That's what you listen to. And when you've listened to hundreds and thousands and hundreds of thousands of songs and bands, something, and, and just as you just stated, it's all been done. So I don't think that there's ripping anybody off. If you, if you take a specific song and you do the exact same everything of that song and then maybe change the lyrics, maybe that's a ripoff. But just because there's parts that sound like something, like how can it not at this point? Yeah. And you know what, what's funny? Um, like people keep bringing up the Slayer thing. And I'm just like, you say it like it's a bad thing. Like people <laughs> will write a review and like talk shit a little bit. And I'm like, that's music to my ears, motherfucker. I love Slayer. I want to be in a band that combines Pantera, Slayer, and Hatebreed. So if you hate that, like it's all good. But like that's what I'm doing. To me, like there's this whole genre of like, you know, Black Sabbath style bands that they call stoner metal that I go and see all these fucking metal fests for the last 10, 15 years. And there's a like so many of them that to me, I'm just like, it's black Sabbath metal, not my favorite, but I get it. But there's not a whole bunch of bands doing Slayer. And I think there should be, I think Slayer shits on black Sabbath. Like that's my personal opinion. So I'm like, I proudly wave the flag. Slayer is the fucking best metal band of all time. Bar none. My favorite to see live best like track record. I mean, they had one sort of new metal record, but like, fuck off. It's like Chuck Berry, you know, like every rock and roller, like honky tonker, like going into the 50s, 60s, 70s, the Stones, all of them, everybody ripping off rock and roll and like Chuck Berry, it's the same shit. I think Slayers is fucking influential as Chuck Berry. Sue me. They really are. They're held to, they're like the, I guess you could say the Chuck Berry of a thrash in that way, especially yeah. in a, Especially in hardcore bands, like uh, what I've heard of all the 90s hardcore bands, it's like you can tell which ones were really into Slayer and which ones were really into Metallica. The more technical sounding ones really love Metallica, but the ones with the, the brutal open note tremolo picking with just those little, uh, uh, just those little end caps on the end of each method that did it, did it, did it, did it. That's, uh, yep, you know, that's a Slayer riff. <laughs> I don't know. Somewhere along the line, I kind of fell off and like metalcore turned into deathcore and like some really melodic stuff that got big but i didn't listen to a lot of those records so i'm pretty like still like i see bands at like festivals and stuff that i just haven't listened to their catalog so to me like metalcore was that kind of crossover chromags agnostic front leeway like Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff that was happening in new york you know mid late 80s when metallica and slayer were dominating and then kind of the victory records metalcore where it was like really fucking hard metal mixed with traditional hardcore so like the like the stuff that leaned more evil slayer like all at war integrity like those bands were probably my favorite of that like super heavy stuff you know oh, which yeah. is because i love slayer you know it's like a no-brainer <laughs> it, there you go it's like all roads lead back to slayer <laughs> yeah and i just love when people like say that like they're like ah oh, it's a one-trick pony death western it's just all like it's all just slate breed. Like one guy said it was like slate breed, like slayer hate breed. And I'm just like, <laughs> you say that like, it's a bad thing, man. Fucking. I love both those bands. That's music to my ears. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> the most influential uh, 
thrash band and the most influential hardcore band. Yeah, there you go. What better blueprints to work off of? Yeah, and those are two bands that like I've gone to see like every chance I've gotten to like love both those bands. That's not uh, something to be embarrassed about in my book. That's like that's exactly what I'm trying to do here. Yeah, totally. They're two of the uh, core bands that have influenced uh, influenced me personally in my band. It's like the Seasons in the Abyss and Satisfactions of the Death of Desire. Like those are albums that I choose to abide by. Yeah, I mean, they're perfect. But it's just like with the punk rock stuff, it's like if you're going to be in a band, like I love Coxbar, I love the Ramones, I love Social D, like that's going to come out in there because that's like, as far as I'm concerned, the best. I mean, you can throw the clash and there's a million bands I love, but like, I don't know. I think everyone does that. Like, especially if you're doing, um, if you're trying to make particular stuff, because this isn't the kind of music that, I mean, I wasn't sitting there writing this stuff going to be like, oh, I'm going to be rich. Here we go. Like, there's a pretty big ceiling on underground music. So if you're not doing stuff that you really, truly are engaged and in love with, then I mean, what's the point, you know? Oh, Totally. Yeah, talking about uh, stuff you're uh, uh, that you're engaged with and passionate about. Um, what are like the specific songs off of? Uh, we'll stick to Death Western that you are like uh, most proud of that you thought like turned out the best. I mean, I like them all. They're all my little babies. At one time or another, like I've fretted over all these songs and like carved them apart and fucked with them. And like, it takes me a long time to get like the groove right and all the parts. So, I mean, I'd like them all. But I think maybe Committee of Buzzards, like uh, yeah. I think that one is pretty hard to uh, beat. Like it's got the uh, like a really good fast thrash riff to kick it off, but then right in the middle, just the stompiest breakdown. Like I can't wait to play that one live. That thing when it comes into it is just like that's a fuck it. Just stepping through the crowd, headbanger. Like those are hard to come by, you know. Like people can't capture that very often on a record and. Like I set out to do that on almost every song that I do. I just can never reach that thing where just a simple chug hard part can be like executed so well. So I think that one really stands out for me. That's always the challenge trying to capture the live energy in a recorded studio. Yeah, it's hard. It seems simple, you know, because you can go see a band live with kind of mediocre riffs and like they'll set it off and you just feel that like, you know, violent energy that everyone loves from like a good hardcore show. But when you listen to the record back, a lot of times it's hard to like capture it, you know? Oh yeah. It's like Pantera on like, they have one like on domination at the end of it, where on the record it's heavier than fuck, but to see them live when they do it, it's like 10 times heavier, you know? Oh yeah. I just got to commend that one breakdown. People, people tend to not realize how much you could get away with with just playing one note. Yeah. That's literally what it is. And everybody loses their minds. Yeah. I mean, that's what I like about metal because, like I said, I'm not a guitar player. Like, people listen to this stuff. I've been doing it enough where people be like, damn, you shred. But, like, the truth is, like, just a punk rock kid, you know? It's like three chords and can barely do those. But, as long as you like have a little style of your own, like you can make cool shit. You don't have to be a virtuoso. Yeah, totally. It's cool. I don't know. I'm getting kind of into guitars. I didn't have one of my own for like probably till I was over 30 years old. 
and then bought a Telecaster. Like, I, whatever, I had guitar at my house all the time, but, like, they were my brothers or friends or something, you know? So now yeah. that I'm like in a spot where I can, like, buy nice guitars, I, I'm kind of, like, uh, got the guitar bug, you know? And I do think if you have a nice guitar, though, it does sometimes if i feel like the guitar does some of the work maybe that's a little like hippie-ish but when i was writing some of this stuff like i'm not sure how i did it you know what i mean like pick up the guitar magic happens put the guitar down show people and they're like jesus christ I'm like i don't know man. <laughs> just like this is just the rudiments of it all man that's all i'm doing <laughs> i don't know when it happens right sometimes you're just like a conduit for like whatever it is with art you know I know people don't want to hear that, but it's true. Like I spend a lot of time trying to make cool shit. And like, sometimes it just happens. Like, it's almost like being in cruise control when you drive to work and like, then you're there and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like it happens, you know, it can be that simple, but yeah. you gotta, it takes a lot of fucking time and blood and energy for those to happen. Like you gotta give yourself enough. Um, you gotta put in the hours so that that kind of like, weird shit can happen you know yeah it is pretty crazy how that all now it all comes together so yeah you went into a uh, community of buzzards uh uh the musical aspects but what about lyrically is there a song that stands out among the rest in terms of uh the words that it's putting in honestly the lyrics on all this is all just like an afterthought like for me it's about the riff that's all i care about the groove and the riff and then uh like i i take time with lyrics and make sure they're not just throw away or anything but mainly the like the story piece of this band all comes in the fiction writing the book of short stories i did and the next one i'm working on like that's where the story is so it's like the idea of trying to compete with that where i have like i don't know that little hardback they just re-released i mean that's like 120 pages or something and then a full-length album you get like three pages of lyrics you know what i mean so like I think like Relic of Damnation, I really liked the first verse on that because I just did not like what was there and then changed it up on the fly in the studio and took, that was actually like combining um, genres we're talking about. That was like a country song I was working on. Like that first um, verse of lyrics talking about, I could have swore I saw the devil on a hardwood floor in a honky tonk in West Texas or North Texas, whatever that line is. I just hated the verse that was there forever making this album. And then finally one night, just like spit a country song over it and worked out perfect. So that's probably my favorite lyric on there. Not because it's like a great lyric, just because sometimes when you're like trying to make a good song and if you're honest with yourself and you know, like that verse is okay, but it's not great, but you just can't like write anything better and you can't solve the problem. Then when you do, and it's almost by accident and you just like knock it out of the park. Those are pretty like triumphant moments when you're working on a record like this. Cause nobody else in my life, in the studio, at our label, no one will ever like say to me, like the things that I know are kind of not as good. Nobody ever like when I show them stuff's like, Hey man, great song. But that first verse, not very good. Everybody just like would hear relic of damnation and be like, that's fucking sick, bro. What a riff. And so it's like on me to be hypercritical and be like, ah, verse sucks. And now, like, I think that verse is like one of the best ones on the record, you know, delivery, the cadence, like the energy in it. 
that makes sense. Like the, you know what I mean? Absolutely. That's, that's awesome. And to go along with the, the book portion of what you're doing, I, I love the concept. I love concepts when people do, you know, there's a myriad of concepts you could do, but uh, Godlessness that came out with Pagan Rhythms, and you mentioned that you do have some other uh, book coming out to kind of go along with Death Western. Any thoughts, because, you know, that you have music videos, so you're bringing some of the songs to life through the, the videos, as you were talking about. That's the combination of the, the country, not specifically the music, but uh, maybe the Western yeah. theme, and, and it comes to life visually well do you have that come to life with your short stories like I've only read a little bit of it and I'm just not much of a reader but I ordered back when Pagan Rhythms came out I pre-ordered and got the book as well and just reading through I think it's a cool concept you know that you be on Showtime HBO you know something like that where you would bring the universe of Pagan Rhythms and if Death Western is some sort of correlation or chapter two or season two, whatever you would, you know, reference it to. Is that something that you've considered? Yeah. This whole thing is a Trojan horse to get somebody to give me several million dollars to make like an indie horror Western. I'm like a big picture guy. So like the challenge of like writing a great heavy thrash hardcore album is like, that's a challenge. You know, can you put out something that competes with every other band doing it and then get on the road and tour with like, badass bands and blow them off the stage like those are all like really tough things to do right but like the big thing is like i want to be quentin tarantino like i want to take this weird universe in my head and just like go make a fucking feature film or do a series straight up That's and I'm not i don't give a fuck like i'm a working class guy so it's like if you ain't got a dream when you go to work every day it's a little harder to get up so like me it's like being in a cool band is cool but i want to make like I'd like to make the horror Western like opus of all opuses. You know what I mean? And right. like be the guy that like knocks a home run in that, which who knows? Give me, give me a few years. We'll see. Perfect. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that's where you were going. Cause that's the, what I saw when I saw the concept, you know, again, I love concepts and I only briefly got into it, but getting into it, I thought this has got to be uh, turned into something. So I'm glad that that was your, your goal and it's, you're, you're well on your way. Yeah. And I'll have a, um, we haven't got the release date, but we're doing a, we made a really good audio book of godlessness with some uh, really good voice actors doing the narration. Awesome. So I think right now, maybe January, but like, it's cool. That'll come out and be like on the spirit world, like page two, like a record, but it'll be the, I forget how long it is. Maybe it's like two hours, two and a half hours of the short stories being read professionally so then you don't have to read it you can uh kick it on in your headphones and it's like got a like sound design behind it and like it's really good that's so that's like the other that's the other piece of this that we didn't want to put it all out at the same time but like that took a lot of work that i'm sitting on too i'm just like the vinyl that we had in the store that we we're selling it's like an abridged version so it's only um because the record only has 45 minutes give or take I, I'm not sure because I, I was going to pick out certain chapters. So I don't know if they just did the first like six chapters on that or if they actually took the ones I told them to do because I haven't got it yet. But um, like the vinyl will be in a bridge version of the audiobook and then it'll be up on streaming pretty soon, maybe a month, six awesome. weeks, something like that. That's great. I look forward to it. And when, when you do get to turn that into uh, a s- series, 
Uh, you already have the soundtrack, right? The songs go with it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to try to get easy on somebody. I'd like to put up and be like an arena metal band like Ghost or like Amata Marth with like a giant stage production and like 50,000 people at like the Wacken Festival and then take some, uh, get some Hollywood full out there and be like, see, built-in audience. Now, give me a show. Let's go. Right, and part of going to see shows is the difference. If we all are dressed like me, black t-shirt and black whatever, right? And we show up on stage and then we all look the same. You're not really getting much visually. And, you know, Eric and I both saw you when you were here in Salt Lake just a couple months back. And uh, what you were talking about earlier on in the interview with the suits that everybody in the band is wearing, I was the one that asked you, when are you going to put those suits up for sale? I was at the merch table because... I would be all over that. I wouldn't wear something like that just normally like, hey, that's something that I want to wear on a regular basis. But I love it. Yeah, yeah. And I love the concept. Visually, it gives you something else to look at, engaged. Uh, I think you were just talking about sound quality. You know, it's harder to maybe break apart on sound quality. It's really at this point music people are going to listen to what interests them. But also on top of that, what what will differentiate you or other bands from other bands is the the show the visual performance the what else goes along with short stories that go along with the concept of the album those kind of things yeah like that's the thing that i'm excited about like the freedom that you have in this project because it's a lot of work and i come up with all this stuff but it's like like that's the payoff we just toured europe with agnostic front and we're like playing all these shows to all these old skins and like punk rock dudes and like we're walking out like in rhinestones playing the hardest like thrashiest shit ever and so like you could just see it on people's faces like they to hate us these fucking bands and the fucking cowboy fuck you trump but then like 30 minutes of non-stop riffs it's like i see you bobbing your head like i know you want to hate us because we're just like wildly <laughs> too much for you and we're like playing to a bunch of oi kids and like hardcore kids like i get it i know like when i was 20 years old and going to a like hardcore show or something like i get it but also like people give up the respect like they may not like thrash per se maybe too heavy with the screaming and stuff but when you do stuff and you're all in and you're like committed then even the biggest like kind of snobby motherfucker going to hardcore shows with af since like 85 like I can see them, like they'd come up to the table and be like, I don't know what that is, but like respect, I kind of dig what you're, you know what I mean? Like there's a, there's a level of like, not give a fuck you have to have to, at least when you're a small band, when you get big and like you have your own crowd, I think you can have more freedom to do whatever you want. But like, we're opening a lot of shows and it's kind of like, you got to like be all in, you know, you got to really, really fucking like sell it and our live presentation is like, let's be honest, we don't look like anybody else in this scene and we don't sound like a lot of other bands either. So it's like, we know we don't fit in. We don't care. Like whatever, fuck it, you know, yeah. do our thing, you know? And there's, there's like a romantic, like a romantic thing to that. People may want to hate you, but people can tell when you don't give a shit either. Like when you do something because you love it and you're going to do it regardless, like even if they don't give you the credit, like that, that energy comes from like our crew and our band, we put that out to people, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Came across your band 
uh, on your pre-Pagan Rhythms seven or eight tracks that you, you'd put out. And the very first time I came across, I was like, what in the fuck is this? This is outstanding, you know, but I don't know what the hell it is. You know, I couldn't put a, a word on it. And then I saw somewhere, maybe it was on your Bandcamp page or something, like Cosmic Cowpunk. I'm like, all right, sure, yeah. whatever. And it's outstanding. I listened to that so much uh, on Bandcamp, on Spotify. And it was a huge surprise, just as you talked about early on in the interview, that, hey, uh, we're going to do whatever we want. And the metal came out. But I loved it. That was awesome, too. Yeah, I remember that. That's how I've always had the uh, SLC punk cast, because it was, I think, did you buy one of the demos? Oh, yeah, yeah. Or something? Like, yeah, like you bought something like way back in like may of like 2017 like when it first was kicking off yep so it's like that's a perfect example of like there's a lot of people that love that demo and it didn't get out because we like we didn't play shows we didn't do anything and so it's kind of like this cult thing where the people that really got that or seen those first couple shows like are obsessed with that and then i put out all this metal and i have a lot of friends that they don't fuck with heavy stuff you know and so they're like I wish you would like go back to doing more of the like <laughs> cowpunk stuff, but I got to tell you, this metal shit's pretty good, and your band's blowing up. So what do I know? One hundred percent. I'm not that much into metal, but what you're doing, I really love. Uh, that's why I, I did order uh, Pagan Rhythms, and I'll definitely get uh, Death Western too. But I, I really love it. But I really was into it, like obsessing, like. Where, the, where is this? Where can I find the vinyl? You know, I got the split you did with Black Coffee because I could find actual hard copy of it, but I couldn't find any of the other stuff. And I looked and looked. I really looked. I think I even tried to reach out to you on social media or something at one point, say, like, where can I find this? Yeah. You know, I intended to do the demo because I recorded all that stuff at the same session. So, like, the four-song demo and... uh the what the fuck was on that i think the black coffee um that was ryan from uh liberty and justice that oh, was yeah. his old band yep and then uh there was another was there another song whatever it was like there was a group of songs that we recorded those were all done in the same session and originally i was going to do a like a one-sided just like 12 inch put those on there and then just do like an like have my boy give up do like an etching on one side and then what i don't know why i didn't do it maybe um Maybe I didn't have the money or something, but now it's been like several years. So I, at some point I got to like press that on vinyl. Cause that was like the plan originally. And then I just didn't do it. And it's been like five years and I'm down this other, like fucking, <laughs> I feel like that was a lifetime ago. And I still like me personally, like I love those songs and I like to have stuff on vinyl. So like, me too. I got to get back to that because it wasn't supposed to be a demo and then like a seven inch and then a standalone single. It was supposed to be. And there was one more song we recorded that I don't think is out anywhere. And that was all supposed to be like one release, you know, all the songs like flowed into each other. That was when I was like, I was a little rusty. Like at the, that's why when Pagan Rhythms came around, like, like I wasn't fucking around anymore. I was like, okay, it's got to be like, nine songs they all go in and out of each other perfectly like got to get it pressed and so when i self-released that and the book like i went hard on that but that was because i didn't execute the, right. the, the demo stuff how i wanted to you know what i mean it, it's amazing how hard it is to do something like that like looking back it's all a blur but i mean thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of hours like designing <laughs> all the merch making the records the songs 
the whole fucking thing. It's like the idea to like ever do this again, to like do another project like this, like never. Like this has been so much like brain power to make this all work together. It's like <laughs> insane. Well, Literally insane. I've been lucky if people buy the shit out of our merch. Like it's almost to the point, like with the pre-order, I'm just like my whole office and my whole porch, like back here is like a uh, screened in patio where we have uh, like my girl got her elliptical. I got like a heavy bag and shit. Like it's our gym, but like it just covered in fucking merch. And I'm just like mailing out hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of fucking death Western packages. And awesome. it's to the point where it's like, I'm so thankful that people like support this project, but like I work full time, have a life. I'm just like, God damn, I, I've, I've about hit the wall. Like I can't even keep up with this shit. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to have to like get one of my homies to like start doing fulfillment. Cause it's like a unpaid, like fucking, it's probably been like 40 hours of me packing and shipping shit in the last like two weeks. And like, I can't fucking going to lose my mind you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, at the earlier parts of the show, you were talking and, and maybe I misunderstood. You, you said you had like 30 or so songs that you've already put together. Now, were they more along the lines of, uh, pagan rhythms, death Western or pre, uh, yeah, th this is all, um, I never stopped writing stuff. So these are all like fleshed out, like, cause they kind of yield themselves. They can be like more country songs or picked up like, cowpunk stuff and so really that's what i want to do next we have a big tour that gets announced maybe next month or something but that's not till may so i'm gonna have some time so i'd like to get into the studio and um i gotta figure it out with our label because it's a little weird i'm sure they just want metal stuff but um i want to try and get in with ted hutt work on some of these songs like big fan of his he produced all the gaslight anthem stuff lucero dropkick murphy's he was in Flogging Molly. He produced my favorite album of theirs, though, Within a Mile of Home. Yeah, I mean, he he's great. Like, I don't know him personally, but um, I'm going to try and get in a room with him. And uh, he doesn't know it yet, but that's the guy that I think can really elevate the other style of stuff I want to do. And so I want to try and uh, see if we hit it off, make that connection. Because we were just out with uh, on tour with Charger, who Matt Freeman's in that band from Rancid. Yeah. And so I was telling him about... Um, like these songs in this record and he's super cool like down to help like really loves what we're doing with spirit world and um like i don't know things are just opening up where like i really it's important to me to like it's not enough to just do like i don't want to be a metal band i want to be my favorite band and my favorite band is going to put out some shit that's like up there with like gaslight anthem lucero and like that line of shit where it's like you take a little bit of americana and like American roots music, bundle it through like some punk rock. I want to hit that out of the park. So like all like that 30, 40 songs I got, I'm going to try and pick out some of those and just start working up some of that material. Well, along those lines, uh, did the short stories inspire the tracks on Pagan Rhythms and Death West and the soon to be yeah. short stories on Death Western or vice versa? Yeah, the, those three projects are all in the same world in pretty much the same time period with the same characters. So there's songs in Pagan Rhythms where the characters experiencing things in those songs are in the short stories. Same thing with Death Western. They're all happening like at the same time in this universe. So there's things that are going on across all three. 
So it's kind of weird until people like read it all and scour the lyrics, you know, it's tough to put the threads together, but yeah, basically it's all um, coming out of the same sandbox. So regardless of what genre your next release falls under, is there then the plan to have some sort of continuation of the short stories for lack of a better term, book three or a season three? Yeah, the, the book story is coming out, but it's, um, I'm toying with the idea of doing a graphic novel because I'm working in some really, uh, not to give stuff away, but there's going to be more of like uh, demons and kind of like out there, like things that in fiction writing you can describe it and do whatever you want, but it's going to be tough to try and like show that stuff in like a music video or anything like that. Cause it's just like, like one, I have like this giant like demon it's like a half woman that's like 20 feet tall. That's like half serpent with like giant titties, like chasing these Comanches. So it's like, <laughs> I can see that in my head and I can get an artist and like do it in a graphic novel, but can I pull that off on um, any sort of film right now with no budget? No. So I think I may try and uh, do like a graphic novel, but like the punk rock songs and stuff I'm working on, they'll be separate from all of that world. Like they won't be, and that they're more autobiographical and like uh, more real life stuff. So I don't know. I'm going to do like weird stuff right now. There's a lot of like country death Western stuff, but once I tie this up, it'll be a trilogy of metal records. Then the next batch will be, I don't even know what, like I really like electronic music. So I'm thinking I might go more of an industrial electronic thing, but I'd probably set that and do like a blade runner ish sci-fi type deal rather than the old west <laughs> so as much as people are like pigeonholing me as like nudie suit like death western guy like if i have my way in 10 years like people won't know what to think because i'll have done all kinds of crazy shit that i think is cool you know i don't know everything i do like it's the same thing like this conversation even saying it out loud i'm just like jesus i sound like a psychopath but then at the same time it's like what's happening right now is stuff i was saying four years ago and so you're only, you're only a psycho if you don't fucking execute and like go capture you like if you don't go capture your dream then you know you're full of shit and you're a psycho but if you put your nuts on the table and go grab it like <laughs> why not you can do anything right a couple of years ago you had this conversation i'm sure somewhere and neither of, you know, Pagan Rhythms or Death Western had been released. No short stories have been released. But I'm sure you had the concept, the ideas, you've brought them to yeah. fruition. And now, at this moment, we've had conversations, even though prior to this, I mean, your master plan is to release these as a TV series or a movie or whatever. And in a couple years, you'll be having this conversation, similar conversation, and it will have already come to fruition. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe we're living in a simulation anyways, and somebody's pulling the strings, you know? Maybe <laughs> I'm not even doing this. Maybe the reason I pick up that Telecaster, and nobody says you can play metal on a telly, but I wrote all this shit on a telly, so fuck you. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, maybe the reason that's coming out is somebody's pulling the strings, you know? If you go in a more industrial route with your music, will you say... Uh, you mentioned like going into a bit of a Blade Runner approach, but maybe work the Matrix in there, make it like a simulation <laughs> sort of a plot or something. I don't know. I don't have it figured out. I think it'll be in the same universe as like these short stories, but where these are set in like the mid 1800s, I think I'm going to have the gates to hell open 
probably just have it set like in that future, that world. But like, what does that world look like when the devil's fucking legion takes over Earth? But it's the same shit, you know, like 2050 yeah. in that world. What's that look like? Yeah. You know oh, what I mean? Man. And what's that sound like? I think maybe that's where I'll go with it. I don't know. Uh, I want to ask, how did that go about, like, uh, getting a, a, getting Dwid to feature on your uh, Moonlit song? Uh, our A&R guy, Mike Gitter, from uh, Century Media, we were hanging out at uh, PsychoFest in Vegas. Integrity was playing, and so I think Gitter had, like, sent him Pagan Rhythms or something. Like, I know Dwid, like, didn't know him well, but, like, I had booked Integrity at my junkyard, and, like, whenever they put out uh, To Die For and... Like always been a big fan and he's, he's always cool. Like he's a real approachable, like good dude. Our A&R guy just sent him pagan rhythms and asked him if he'd be down to uh, collaborate on some stuff. And he was all about it. So as simple as he can get like one of your heroes, just being like, fuck yeah, this album's great. And then I sent him the song and like wrote the lyrics for him. And it's just like, kind of gave him the idea of what to do. And he was just like, turned it around, recorded it at his house, fucking, emailed the files it was fucking badass hell yeah i mean that's one of the at least to me that's one of the standout songs on the record not just because of dwib but because it's yeah, it's heavy as hell and catchy as hell yeah it was cool because like that i do a lot of integrity worship like some of those beats and rhythms like that's in, like people say slayer but people that are more in the now there's a cleveland style that i think is the best the best fast part in all of metalcore came out of cleveland and I definitely like, I know that they were like taking that from Judge and like some of the youth crew bands, but like mm. I have the benefit of, I'm in, it's 2022. So like I'm taking some of their ideas that I thought Integrity did like the best at in the mid 90s and just kind of injecting them into what I'm doing, you know? So it's cool to get him on a song that definitely, when I wrote it, I was like trying to marry that Cleveland style with like some other stuff. So it's pretty cool to have him like, on that song and then i don't know just crazy sometimes you make stuff and like looking back just like i got dwed on a spirit world song like how fucking sick is that you know oh yeah and on top of that you guys got a shout out from uh benny stigma yeah same thing like we just did a bus tour with agnostic front like i don't know man sometimes the world works in mysterious ways you know and they're all cool as fuck like roger Vinny, their whole crew craig like that band is like took us in like family from like the minute we met and we're not like, I mean, I'm a hardcore kid at heart, but like the way we present our band and the music we play, like that's not something I didn't expect all them guys to just bend over backwards and like take care of us like family. So it was one of those things for me, like growing up loving agnostic front. Like I saw them in 98, I think for the first time. And it was, after their hiatus, you know, they came back out on Epitaph. And yeah. like when they put out those, uh, like those more like street punk, punk rock records, like I fucking was all about it. So like, I don't know. I've seen Agnostic Front so many fucking times. So like then to tour with them. And that's a band that is doing the same thing I'm trying to do. But nobody bats an eye when they go from playing like crossover stuff like Eliminator. And then they're playing like, some of the best like catchy oi stuff that's been written in the last 20 years. Like their whole show is great. And they have songs like from their record that they did another voice with where Jamie Jasta did the, 
like produced it and helped write the songs and it's just like agnostic front over like hate breed riffs you know like i love that yeah. shit too so it's like on one hand they're doing like i don't know like it was so cool because they were like super nice to us they kill it every night like in europe it's just like what the fuck is happening in my life right now like amazing <laughs> like you're touring with a uh, royalty but even they yeah. they just don't recognize that or they choose to the point is they humble themselves <laughs> yeah and like we talked about this like in my band because it's i mean if there's ever a band that had every reason to be they've earned their stripes and paid their dues for like 30 40 years the hard way you know like clawed for everything they get and if a band like that can treat you like family and be so nice, what's mine is yours, then it's just a good reminder when you deal with people that aren't like that. It's a choice people make, you know? And that's one thing coming out of the hardcore scene that I think I really appreciate, you know, people being down to earth. Like, I work a day job. I'm not a rock star. Like, I may have, like, big dreams, but there's no reason to be a penis, you know, like, <laughs> if any stigma can be cool as fuck to me at 67 years old, sharing their bus, like he's got to wait for me to get out of the bathroom to take a piss. Then like, who is anybody else that I'm going to meet on the road? that could have like a, you know what I mean? It's like, if those guys can be cool, then fuck anybody that ain't cool. You know? Right. Yeah. Serious. People still live by that, uh, by the classic war zone. Uh, fucking lyrics, you know, don't forget your roots. Don't forget the struggle. Don't forget the streets. Don't sell yeah, out. Yeah. Anybody listening, just go do your thing. Cause whatever, you know, right. Nobody can stop you like do whatever you want. Fuck them. Put the energy into what you really like and see how it goes. I'm not like any special dude. You know, I'm nobody's darling. I got nobody, not like industry friends. I don't have any of that shit. I'm just, a yeah. regular dude, just making the shit I like because I like it. That's it. And I like it too. Yeah. And I, yeah, I'm loving it. I'm just loving everything you guys are uh, doing from the, you know, the nude suits and the boots and 10 gallon hats to the music you're coming out, the artwork behind it, and just all the ideas you're still ruminating on. Just, it's getting me excited. Yeah, so, me too, man. Thanks for the time, fellas. It's great chatting, catching up. Absolutely. Uh, one more thing, Stu. Uh, you, you still got a Preston drummer for you, right? Yeah, fuck yeah. That's my dude. Okay, well, uh, tell him uh, Sid said hello. <laughs> Sid from Salt Lake. Yes. Yeah, Sid Hale. All right, will do. Yeah, she was. Uh, yeah, she was playing a bunch of uh, ska and uh, punk shows down there, and now yeah. she's drumming for my band. <laughs> oh, that's tight. Yeah, I will, man. That'll be awesome. All right, later, cool. boys. Thanks, Stu.
Yes. I love that. I love that just like that ch- little chuggy uh, on and off parts of the stop and go. Oh, yeah. Just like he was saying, he just uh, pulled the best parts from uh, all the Slayer riffs. Right? <laughs> and all the integrity songs and just all that. Oh, that crazy shit. You heard it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great interview. Uh, love that Stu took the time. Uh, love the creativity. I mean, some people that we talk to, and it's not to say that just creating music is, you know, simpler or whatever, mm-hmm. but I love the entirety of all the concepts and all the thought that's put in, and I can't believe how much, and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing some of this come into full fruition for his vision. Oh, yeah. Like, having gone from uh, Space Cowboys to now the Cowboys from Hell, and now I'm thinking... If he's uh, gonna go through with this whole uh, uh, this uh, cyberpunk type thing, I'm just like a cyber cowboys now. Oh <laughs> boy, like, okay, we're gonna get something. We're gonna get something rad either way. I believe in you, Stu. Right? Yeah, I'm loving the. Like I said in the interview, I love everything that this band is doing. Their presentation and just the and the music itself and just the overall ambition of everything everything that Stu was putting out there that is a man with a vision and everything he was saying he's basically like quoting he's like he's quoting my life story as far as musical <laughs> ambition i'm just like yes 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 this is what i but this is something i can relate to that's awesome it was like, because I got ambition with my band. I got high setting. I got high standards for this shit. <laughs> and, we're, uh, and we're still working on it. It's a, you can't rush art, my friends. <laughs> well, I'm looking to the part three of the trilogy. I'm looking forward to more of the cosmic cowpunk. I'm looking yep. forward to everything that Stu does. And he's on the right path. Do what makes you happy. Uh, people are going to like it or dislike it. I mean, there's going to be people that are going to just dislike Cosmic Cowpunk and then love metal and vice versa, and then there's going to be some like us that love them both and everything that you do, and it doesn't matter if everybody loves everything you do. You do the things that you love, and you know there's people that are going to like it and people that aren't. That's just what it is. I hope uh, if the graphic novel idea follows through. Right. Because... Another uh, couple of bands that do that. Uh, some people have like taken uh, old school metal bands, uh, like uh, a couple that I have are uh, Priest and Metallica based comic books. So it's like big bands like that. You know, they make a uh, they're like little fanboy projects. Um, but one band that I think who actively does this is Coheed and Cambria. They actually have uh, comics and other graphic novels that line up with their music, and they've been cool. doing that for years. So. So yeah, I can respect that on the f- alongside all the ambition. That's awesome. Well, thanks, Stu, again. Uh, definitely looking forward to checking out more Spirit World. It's not going to be the last time we played something off of Death Western, I'm sure, or Pagan Rhythms. And maybe we'll have to go back. I did play a bunch of the uh, pre-Pagan Rhythms tracks. There were seven of them. But uh, I'm sure we'll be revisiting soon because we're both big fans. Uh, best of 2022 is going to be coming up, and I'm sure... Spirit World's probably going to be on at least one, but probably both of our top (laughs) albums of the year. Oh, it already is on mine. (laughs) So you can expect more from us talking about uh, Spirit World and uh, Death Western and shit, any of the other stuff the Stu does because we're both big fans. Mm -hmm. Eric, let's wrap up the show. We're going to play one track to wrap it up. You've got it. What is it? I got a song from College Humor. 
<laughs> yeah. For those of you that don't know, College Humor is a uh, YouTube channel, and it specializes in little uh, parodies and comedy skits, and just a uh, yeah, it's just a compilation of these uh, three to five minute long videos, and they hit bullseyes. The vast majority of them, I love them. There's such a great uh, rewatchability factor to them, and a re-listenable uh, thing about them. One of which I'm going to be playing right now. This is the uh, song, a song that they wrote based off of the uh, tall tale, Paul Bunyan. Yeah, and I mean tall tale. Everyone <laughs> knows Paul Bunyan, and they're taking the uh, they're taking the song, the theme song from the Disney animated short that they did of all the uh, of all the great American tall tales characters like John Henry, Johnny Appleseed, and they did Paul Bunyan, and it's got that Hayes Paul. Paul Bunyan, Paul Bunyan. So they take that song and then they move it around to a way where it's calling out those uh, uh, those hipster men who just love to wear big flannel shorts, sport big burly beards, and just have this uh, <laughs> just indict this uh, appearance of being a man's man when really they uh, they don't really do any hard physical labor at all. Right. So all this is coming to a head in these songs, uh, in this specific song. And it is a video. It's a visual medium. So I recommend uh, everybody watch the video because while the lyrics do correlate with the visuals, or the visuals correlate <laughs> with the lyrics very well, there's added stuff in there that you could just, like, smile and laugh at. Unfortunately, we can't show it on here because, well, one, it's copyrighted, and the other... Uh, we're audio, not visual. Right. <laughs> but until then, just to listen to the song, it's quite a hoot. And yeah, go out and uh, check it out. So here we go Paul Bunyan, the lumber sexual. <laughs> Williamsburg, Brooklyn was a gentrified land where very little work was done. And as a result, there were no real men, but Paul Bunyan looked like one. Hey, Paul. Paul Bunyan. Taller than the iPhone 6, huge Timberland boots, beard neatly trimmed. Hey, Paul, Paul Bunyan. Paul Bunyan. I bought this axe for an Instagram shoot. Hashtag beard game strong. Then I threw it out because I don't use tools. Call my landlord when something's wrong. Hey, Paul. Give me an IPA. Paul Bunyan. Ten times more snobby than any beer snob Eats more brunch than 15 men without jobs Hey Paul, Paul Bunyan Well he uses so much beer wax it can fill the Great Lakes And he sports a knit cap even when it's 98 He wears enough flannel to cover every poser from Portland to L.A. I pretend to like whiskey more than any other man Got a hundred leather notebooks in my leather side bag The ladies all love me cause they see a lumberjack But I've never even camped Hey Paul Never seen a tree outside of Paul Paul Bunyan, Paul Bunyan. He can't build houses or change a flat paid 80 bucks to get his hair like that Hey Paul So manly, so pretty He's a giant frog <laughs> so yeah, there you go. The uh, Paul Bunyan, the lumber sexual. <laughs> and the thing is, I know that was uh, the culture that I grew up in, and the 
at the turn of the last century, there was, at the turn of the last century, the turn of the last decade, there was this huge hipster movement, you know, everyone is obsessed with the 50s and 60s stylings, you know, and then they're all wearing like little pastels, clothes, little tank tops, and then all these board shorts, and it was, <laughs> I guess, wearing thick specs and stylizing handlebar mustaches. It was really bizarre. Right? <laughs> but, I mean, that was, the, that was the thing. Everyone buying their wardrobe at thrift shops and paying $80 to get their hair looking like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was the, and that was a thing, just like all these guys coming out with like a perfectly trimmed beards, and they just look like they are a cross between a man and a tree. And as the song would, uh, as the song would uh, predict, they can't change a flat tire. <laughs> I know it's just all it's all style, no substance, and you can put that towards any uh, any fad. And it really it really was a fad. It was a fashion trend. But honestly, it's just uh, it's just what it is. And what this is is funny. Like I said, watch the go watch the video on collegehumor.com. Just type in college humor Paul Bunyan. It'll show up. Just uh, if you have two minutes of your life to spare, I mean, you already did spare two minutes of that, <laughs> of your time life, of your lifetime, <laughs> listening to this song. So spare another two to get the uh, full effect. Like I said, it's more visual humor than, uh, uh, than audio humor, even though the audio humor does hold up, right? We had a laugh. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. Thank you, College Humor, for just uh, keeping it real. I mean, these guys are old school. I think they've been on... YouTube since 2009. Oh wow, something like that. They, yeah, they're one of the uh, they're one of the cultivators of uh, internet humor. Awesome. Well, we've reached the end. Thank you, Stu. Thank you to Spirit World. Uh, we are going to wrap this show up. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube Music, Amazon Music, Player FM, SLCPunkCast.com. I think you can find us on Podvine. I'm not sure. We're probably found in a lot of places. You found us somewhere, but you can go check us out on wherever. <laughs> the bands are found on Instagram at xdeclinex, at creepingtide, at Folk Hogan, at Spirit World Prophet, at SLC Punkcast. Eric, where can we find you? You can find me, my personal page on Instagram, at scaryuncle underscore Eric underscore SLC. That is, by the way, Eric with a C. You can find my band Anonymous on Instagram at anonymous underscore band official and The Apathetics at theapathetics.slc. You can find us both on Facebook at Anonymous SLC and at The Apathetics. And on Bandcamp at AnonymousSLC.Bandcamp.com and TheApathetics.Bandcamp.com, respectively. And I remind you, Anonymous is playing a show this Friday at Black Lung, $12. It starts at 6 p.m. We'll be playing with Snake Eyes. Go fuck yourself and die. No, go bankrupt and die. <laughs> and uh, dispersed and fight the future. Going to be great. And if you want to listen to my uh, other podcast, Lead Melodies, you can uh, f stream the episodes on anchor.fm slash leadmelodies. That's the website, or you can find it on Spotify. And you can find us on Instagram at leadmelodies underscore podcast and Facebook at lead.melodies.podcast.slc. I'm working on it. I'm working on an episode, I promise you. And be sure to follow the uh, Facebook page, SLC Hardcore, to keep up date with all the happenings in Salt Lake. Uh, Salt Lake, hardcore, punk rock, whatever. All the underground shit that I attend. <laughs> it's going to be on there. I try. I try. I've been kind of spotty the last couple weeks. <laughs> well, the band's found on Facebook, at X Decline X, at Brigada Vendetta, 
at Creeping Tide, at Folk Hogan, at Spirit World Prophet. The show's at SLC Punkcast. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Thank you for listening all the way up to this point. Thank you, Stu. Thank you, Spirit World. Thank you for all the bands that share their music with us that we can check out here together with you. Eric, any final thoughts so we can wrap up the show? Well, I think I can wrap it up with uh, something you said at the top of this episode. It's like, please, uh, everybody, send your music to us. And I think there is, that the answer out there is a collective, we're working on it. Because <laughs> I am. Right. I'm working on getting new music. We're going to be, we will be recording two new singles, two new songs. There's been some complications with uh, getting, a, uh, uh, getting a producer and a recording studio secured. But it's happening. We got one in mind, and it's going to be happening. We just haven't set a date yet. So keep an eye out for that in the next uh, few months.